Welcome to Tormenting Tarmac. On this podcast, we aim to take you on a journey of storytelling, getting to know enthusiasts from different communities and with different automotive backgrounds. It's about fellowship, showing the automotive world it doesn't matter what you love about cars and driving, what matters is that you love cars and driving. We also want to have conversations with you, the listener, about what your automotive passions are. What are the things about the automotive space that bring you the most joy? Talk about your love and our love for all motorsports and continue to learn things from all the different sections of it. We want everyone to be able to learn from one another. And this is a podcast for every level of driver and every level of enthusiast. So on behalf of my co-host, Ron Morris, my name is Jorge Aquino, and we welcome you to Tormenting Tarmac, where the enthusiast never dies. What's going on, everybody? Jorge Aquino coming live to you and direct here from the west side of Bird City. We are in my humble abode this evening. Um, I am hanging out all by my lonesome. Just kidding. No, I'm not, because on the other side of the screen, it is a man who really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyways because he deserves it. God damn it. Ron Morris is on the other line, the co-founder of Torment Tarmac. And one of the best engineers General Motors has to offer. My kind sir, how are you today? I'm doing great. I don't know about that last part, but still happy to be uh, back on the pod to talk about some racing. Oh, yes. Yes, indeedy. Um, as everybody knows, if, if you're familiar with Tormenting Tarmac, um, first of all, this is the, our 31st installment, which is very, very cool. Very excited about that, that we've hit uh, what I would consider a cool number. Um, hit a it hit number 30 last uh, on last episode shout out to everybody who went ahead and was kind enough to go ahead and stream that episode and listen to it shout out to those who obviously participated in it um cody alex uh riley aj johnny uh his girlfriend tatum um just a absolute blast and a half we went ahead and recorded on the thursday of barrett jackson week um over at uh, echelon autosports and it was an absolute just Fun time with with all those uh, wonderful enthusiasts and 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 people who I call friends. So it w- it was just a and I want to make sure to give a quick shout out because um, I hadn't gotten a chance to do so and it's uh, going to be a little bit after uh, a week since that episode last dropped since I didn't have a we didn't have a episode to that dropped this week because of scheduling conflicts with other guests. But uh, it's okay because Ron Morris is here. And that brings me great joy. Ron Morris rocking his Corvette racing jacket because he is a homebody like that. Um, that all being said, how is uh, the big D treating you? Uh, good. Uh, going really well. Um, things going well. So they make progress on the C4 build and the C3 build a little bit. I got a frame right there. Wonderful. I'm so, seeing it there. C3 That's awesome. I, scattered we, around. So we're getting there. Yeah. Um, I apologize if there was a little bit of a delay there, everybody. Uh, the internet connection, as always, you know how it is with Zoom. Um, it's a direct feed and can sometimes be a bit of a, a shenanigans. Um, so if, if you hear a little bit of a delay, it's because of Zoom. So I apologize. Um, 
That all being said, yes, I did see the frame. It looks awesome. Um, we did talk about the uh, you and the C3 last on last episode um, because we were. I'm very excited, obviously, for you. And I said, I believe that you can go ahead and finish it uh, by the end of 2023. I know that I'm getting my hopes up, but at the same yeah, time, you never know. You never I'm know. Starting, I'm starting to think I'm going to prioritize the C4 first. Uh, really? Oh, wow. Because I think I'll be able to get it done and on a racetrack to race faster than it will take to get the c3 done because the c3 is going to be i hate this full-on surgery but that see it is and the c3 is going to be um what do i say singer style attention to detail right and like i said i hate to give them (laughs) any credit you know i feel about them but still their cars are ridiculous attention to detail uh and i'm not saying it's going to be that good right um but yeah, but that's your that's your motivation. Like that's yeah. that's the end goal. You, you're I, I not want just seeing it as able, a. I want to be able to take time with it, right? Yeah. Not that I'm not going to take time with a C4 race car build. I am, especially right. if the race car needs to be safe and needs to work well. But there, there's a the mission is different. That's right? correct. Yeah, right. and we've talked the, about that. Like the, the, like the C- wiring harness on a race car needs to work. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily need to look really pretty. Needs to be organized. Easy to work on, mm-hmm. but like. And it's going to be a lot simpler, right? But like the C3, for example, when I'm going to go to do wiring, I'm going to like really, 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 really take my time and make sure it looks pretty because mm-hmm. I just want it to. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, that's Ron one has, of many examples. Sure. Ron has a particular vision for what is the Stingray. Um, and, and he, 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 I, I love his vision. He's going for, you know, it's not going to be like, oh, your typical like, it looks like a cool, funky paint job, but then it's got its marks and whatever, but it, you know, just dis- destroys everything on the streets. No, no, this car is not that Ron is going for what he would consider his own resto modification build, but is, you know, of the high quality of like a full done, really nice interior. Yes. Yes. He wants the, yes. you know. He's going to go ahead and pay, it's going to stay Le Mans blue, but it's going to be a, a, a complete respray of a Le Mans blue. Um, like the chrome that is on it is going to be actual legitimate shine type chrome. Like Ron's yep. envisionment of what is 69 Singray yep. is basically um, if Chevrolet that, were doing the 69 now in 2023. Yes, that is exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it, it's yep. a big vision, but, but, it's a it's a very cool vision and yep. it's been his dream for as long as we've been uh, teenagers yep. that we've known each other and uh yep. it's true. you're 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 so close and if you're going to do it it's going to be done right yep. the way that you want it you, yep. ron's not planning on cutting corners that's no. that's what we're getting at Bingo. Um, yeah and not that you're going to cut corners in the C4 but the C4 is meant to be a champ car build it's, yes. it's an entirely different thing. Yes. And and by the way, we'll the fit and finish of the interior doesn't matter on the C4 because there will be no interior. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, there will be a seat for when Ron lets me go mm-hmm. ahead and take it around Grattan. Um, That's right. And, and the plan is for me not to go ahead and get off track. I That's exactly right. On the track. <laughs> <laughs> That's and that exactly is a, right. By the way, uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk. By the, are you tripping to Dos Equis right now? Uh, Dos Equis is one of my favorite beers, actually. Nice. Is it a Dos, Equis, a Dos Equis lager or what is that? I like, like both. This one's okay. regular. Uh, Look at you. I like both. Listen, man, I've said this for. I've said it's this a way to feel. It's a way to feel uh, 
some of the warm Arizona, I realize Dos Equis is technically Mexican, but some of the warm sure. Arizona, uh, what do I say, culture and climate here in literal freezing Detroit in February. So I know. I, I feel that. Ron, Ron does miss home. Um, I do. Home I do. misses you, buddy. Home misses Thanks. you. Um, yeah. It's, by the way, speaking, of, it's it's very funny. Actually, were you drinking a Corona? It would make it would be even better. <laughs> uh, I much prefer Dos Equis to Corona, but anyway, no, no, I don't blame you. A Dos Equis, I don't drink I'm beer not. anymore. But but Dos Equis is actually Dos Equis Lager in particular is actually a very good beer. Yeah. Um, and and regular Dos Equis is also a very good beer. And I only mentioned Corona because obviously it's associated with Dom Toretto and the oh, entire Fast and the Furious lot. Universe, oh, here we go. you know, and today is December. <laughs> is, know, December. Jorge was going to bring this up. <laughs> you oh, should have known. I had to sneak it in, buddy. Have I had to moment. sneak it in. Have I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about it too much. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but I will mention it that the uh, Fast Ten trailer dropped today, February 10th. Um, dropped early this morning at about uh, nine o'clock a.m. Um, I watched the entire three minute and forty three second trailer. Um. Down in a second, he knows it. Yeah, <laughs> I love. Uh, it. I, I, I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm gonna tell you that I'm gonna be completely honest with everybody who's listening. Anybody who's ever listened to this podcast knows how big of a fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise I am. The Fast Saga lives in me. Boy, howdy, was that trailer something? And I'm trying to decide whether or not it was a positive something or a negative something. Oh, oh wow, and, wow, okay, okay. So I, I, I've said it this, yet, but okay, it's all good. Here's what I'll here's what I'll say, and this is a complete admission that I've told several people outside, never on the pod. When when the Fast Nine trailer dropped in early 2020, because that because for those of you who know who don't know, Fast Nine was originally supposed to drop April of 2020 and got put got delayed about three different times due to COVID, right? Because as, as we all remember, the world shut down on March of 2020, and there were basically no big movies that released for a very long time. And if they did, they made essentially no money. And Universal Studios had at least 275 million put into Fast Nine, like it's it, a massive budget, right? Marketing everything. So they finally released it in June of 2021, which actually they got lucky because it coincided with what ended up happening being the 20 year anniversary of the entire franchise because the fast and the furious Holy dropped shit, in 01 exactly exactly oh, 22 old. now Damn. um yeah Whoa. and so when f 9s trailer dropped i was like oh my god this is no where they finally jumped the shark f9 i finally admitted to myself that they jumped the shark Although to be completely honest with you, they jumped the shark in Fast Six. Let's be real. Furious what do you Seven mean gets by a jump pass. The shark? Sorry. Uh, I, what I mean by jump the shark is they fully went on from being a gang of people who steal stuff, steal stuff, steal stuff from a truck. Excuse me. To then pulling off a heist, which I'm totally fine with. To then basically saving the world from mm. people who want to destroy it. And, and whatnot yeah, like yeah, in yeah, fast yeah. six like they that's where they went and i was like oh boy i mean in fast nine they went to freaking space and there was a submarine f8 like come on you're it, whatever. yeah okay I get you so yep. that's what i mean when there's I say some jump the it's easy to have suspension of disbelief in the first four or five whatever fast and the furious is i'm willing to even fun. give the sixth one yes yeah but I, yeah but it got to the point where it was like come on guys 
Yeah, Furious exactly. 7 again gets a pass because it was Paul's last movie, right? Um, F9, they jumped. Like, I, I finally had made that admission to myself, and I was like, I'm not sure I can watch this movie. But the year, the, the over year plus delay due to COVID allowed me to go ahead and just come back to my senses and be like, you know what? I miss the movie so much. And the first big blockbuster, excuse me, that's coming back to the movie theaters happens to be F9. That's my franchise. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Take my money for streaming. I watched it at home from from streaming. I waited a few weeks because, again, it was last summer. My wife was pregnant. Um, And I was like, I I love the franchise too much. I'm going to go ahead and give it my full support regardless of whether or not I think they jump the shark. And so here I am in 2023. I still have that same mentality. Fast X or Fast 10 is is how it's actually pronounced um, is here. I saw the trailer. I know what I'm basically I know what I've signed up for. I know if you have the mentality of you know what you signed up for when it comes to this film and when it comes to this franchise at this point where it is, then just go and have a good time. Because yes, we've yeah, yeah. we we are that way has, past that street racing. Yeah. Yeah. We're way past them street racing and whatnot. Like they incorporate cars for stuff, but we know that it's not that anymore. And if you can go ahead and appreciate that and just ha- like if you're going to go ahead and watch the Avengers and b- suspend your disbelief, you can suspend it for fa- for the Fast yeah, franchise. Yeah. You can. Yeah. So right. um, am I going to watch it? Absolutely. Is it going to be great? Probably not. Am I going to think it's the best thing of the year? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I love that you're honest about that. Yeah. Uh. So it's 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 all good. And I'm, I, I know there's a few people out there that go ahead and agree with me. There's a lot of people who completely disagree with me. That's perfectly fine. But uh, I just had to mention that if you haven't watched the Fast X trailer, I'm uh, this obvious. This uh, episode is being sponsored by Universal Pictures. <laughs> I wish we would have a much better setup than what we have now. I'll tell you that right now. Hell, yep. the C3 would be done tomorrow because you'd be given a, a crap ton of money that would be great <laughs> so uh universal pictures if you're actually listening to this podcast we're in full support of fast x all right yeah fast x all the way fast x for an oscar nomination um but that's not what we're here for tonight gosh darn it this is ronald and i's motorsport preview show this is the best way to put it uh last year we went ahead and did a NASCAR 101 episode, and then the following week went ahead and dropped our uh, Formula One preview. Um, today, however, we're going to go ahead and incorporate both of those together along with the IndyCar season, and we're very much excited to go ahead and talk about that. Um, anybody who listens to Tormenting Tarmac happens to know that Ronald and I are enormous motorsports fans. Um, we both love Formula One. He loves NASCAR and Indy a ton. I happen to really appreciate both of those racing series. Um, of course, Ron loves IMSA as well. I love Le Mans and the LMP1 programs and whatnot. So basically, we're we're motor, pro motorsport up on this podcast all day, every day. Right, Ronnie? That's right. So um, we are going to be talking uh, the NASCAR 2023 season. They just did the um, Bush Clash. Bush the Clash. Clash. Yeah. Yes. At the, At the LA, LA Coliseum. Coliseum. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. I heard it was a banger. Uh, especially. Yep. So it's interesting because we talked about this is the second year they've done it. Um, yep. And we'll, let's go ahead and start off there. We're going to go ahead and talk NASCAR. Then IndyCar yep, will yep. go ahead we'll and finish it up with yep. Formula yep. One. Um, so I didn't get a chance to go ahead and watch it because I was actually working. 
but uh, I've seen some of the highlights and I've also heard several other podcasting platforms go ahead and talk about it and talk about it in good, in a good manner, by the way, for That's example, good. That's you good. know, the, the smoking tire, Matt Farrow, Zach Clapman, they're, yep. they're, they're, they're heroes to me. Um, and uh, NASCAR hooked them up with actually getting, you know, being there. They actually did one of their latest episodes from the Coliseum while they were going ahead and finishing up getting and, ready for and that they entire weekend. It? They, they loved it. it. Oh, they good. loved it. Good. They glad. said that from an exp- because it's at the Coliseum and the layout, and you and I talked about this, um, it's not a super speedway, guys. So th- these cars do struggle to get above 110. They do. Yeah. The, the, the fastest they're going to get up to is about 110. At a super speedway, we know that they're eclipsing the 200-mile-an-hour mark by quite a bit. I mean, the fastest track in America is Talladega. Talladega. Yeah. Exactly. Daytona's fast as hell. Um, the one that you, the super speedway that you guys have um, in Michigan is also yep. one of the fastest tracks on, on, on in America, period. Yep. Um, the L.A. Coliseum is the complete opposite of that. Yes. And it's literally inside a, a stadium. That's correct. <laughs> so, yeah. They use the yeah. track of what is of what makes up the bottom of uh, the L.A. Coliseum at the football stadium. Yep. Right. Yep. And yep. so but for, the interesting thing is because it's such a small oval. Unlike a super speedway or and even unlike a road course, you can be able to go ahead and see the action from wherever you are seated yes. in the stadium. Yes. Like that's yes. really, really cool, yes. Ron. So yes. guide us through, you know, your under uh, basically your opinion of how the bush clash went this year compared to last year. Cause obviously um, hopefully it was an improvement and then, Guide us, myself, and the listeners on what our expectations should be for the 2023 season yes. for NASCAR. Yes. So taking a quick quick step back, um, the clash, as they call it in, in NASCAR, is like a preseason exhibition. Um, so like, you know, NFL has, has I, I think they're called exhibition, whatever. They have game preseason games. That they're they're preseason, count, right? right? The NFL yes, preseason. It's, it's, it's kind of the same idea. And a lot of times, and also like how MLB will do with spring training a lot of times, NASCAR will try out new rules, new ideas uh, in the class just to see how it goes. Um, and historically, it was always at Daytona. And and Daytona had what I guess everybody called Speed Weeks. And it was from the roar of the Rolex 24, the Rolex 24 itself, the Clash, then the Gatorade 125 Duels, which was qualifying for the Daytona 500 and the Daytona 500 itself. So it was like this big six-week smorgasbord of racing at Daytona. Um, but more and more and more recently, the Clash specifically, which is just a fun preseason race um, at Daytona, has been getting less and less and less viewership. It's becoming, it had been becoming less and less exciting. It was harder for the participants to care because it didn't mean anything, right? Um, and so NASCAR decided we need to shake this up. We need to do something to get people engaged, get people excited, and find new fans. And frustratingly, there's been some controversy from kind of the old guard of NASCAR fandom gatekeepers yeah. because rah, 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 it's not at Daytona. Rah, rah, rah. Um, I don't care. Get over it. Um, I have so thoughts I on think, that, but I'm going to let you finish. Yes. Yeah, so what I think is cool about what they have done with the Clash, and I, I must admit when I very first heard it was at the LA Coliseum, I was like, eh, I don't know. That could be kind of cheesy, but I think it's worked out well. And what's cool about short track racing in general, and what I think people who may not be familiar with oval racing don't realize, is how good the racing is, right? Um, to just to draw polar extremes, even though I like both, 
in F1, it can be difficult to race other cars. You have air wash from the car in front of you. The cars are extremely fragile. If you barely touch somebody, you're all way, get a flat tire, your wing falls off, your race is over, right? Exactly. Uh, and it makes it hard to pass. And, mm -hmm. and it, it makes for the often complaint of F1 of follow the leader kind of train, right? Yeah. Well, short track racing. That's why, is, that's why qualifying at Monza at, uh, for the Italy yes. Grand Prix can be yes. such a so the race itself yes. always happens to be an absolute banger because it's probably the fastest track uh, this side of, of spa, but because of how, and we'll, and we'll talk about Emily uh, Monza, excuse me, in just a second, everybody, it's a train. It, it's, yeah. it's, it, you're basically using drag and no one wants to ever be the one that's giving out the drag. So people, people can go ahead and basically take advantage of that. Short track racing completely eliminates that. Yes. Yes, exactly. So it's a combo of eliminates that. And also NASCAR, they're big cars. They're strong cars. Uh, there's a lot of bumping and banging and people pushing each other out of the way. And so short track racing is kind of your, it's almost like your NFL football or rugby of motorsport. It is aggressive. It is violent. It is uh, people pushing each other out of the way. It's people almost kind of purposely wrecking each other because it's slow speed. And to some extent you can get away with it. And so it can make it very exciting. Um, on top of that, because it is a pre-season race where it doesn't necessarily really matter, like if you wreck out, you're not going to lose where you are on the championship, people get even more aggressive. Um, and then what's also cool and something that is very common to anybody who follows local short track racing, but that NASCAR did for this clash race, and that I hope they might do in other potential races like Martinsville or Bristol someday, is they have... Uh, because the track is so small, it can't fit an entire field on it. So they have uh, heat races um, and um, say they'll break the field into two halves. Um, let's just say there's 40 cars total, but the race can only be 30 cars, right? So each field will get put into two halves, 20 cars each, and only the top 15 make it into the final race. And so I don't remember exactly what the numbers are I should. But basically, it's it's constructed such that it encourages even the guys in the back to race really hard because they don't want to get cut, right? Uh, and so it makes for very exciting racing. Um, if anything, though, one complaint about the clash, at least this year, is maybe NASCAR did too good of a job incentivizing all this stuff because it was like a wreck caution fest. And so the race took mm. forever because it was just caution after caution after caution. So, and that's fine. That's, it's, that's why they do the clash. They're trying on different things, trying on different rules. Okay. Maybe we went a little too far. Um, mm -hmm. and, and next year we'll, uh, you know, dial it back. So. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, Kyle Bush is a bitch, um, clearly. So he he complained, he complained about Joey Logano. Oh, you're so two-faced. You say what's up to me, man, but then you go ahead and wreck me the next day. Blah. Okay. Yeah. Pansy, That's get over it. it. Yep. Okay, so there's two things that I want to go ahead and say to that before we go ahead and move on because there are other topics that we're going to be talking about with NASCAR in particular. Uh, I want to know what your what race you're most looking forward to this season because I actually know which one I am, and you probably know where oh, I'm going man. with it. Um, but I want to go ahead and say a couple of things. Um, one, 
I'm about to call out Ronald. I already called him out via DM earlier today, but I'm now I'm going to do it on the podcast. Ronald has this understanding <laughs> that, I know where you're going with this. that Formula One drivers happen to be the biggest prima donnas in motorsport. Yep. yep. He's not I wrong. Think that. He's not wrong. Okay. That's the thing. He is not wrong. Max Verstappen is the biggest prima donna in F1. Lewis Hamilton is probably tied with him. Um, Fernando Alonso is a huge prima donna. Um, And we can go on and on. Carlos Sainz, whom I love, is a huge prima donna. George Russell is a prima donna, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. Checo Perez, Charles, you can go all the way down. Okay? That being said, the amount of – okay. Let me also reiterate, Ron has – I quote, on this podcast said, he's all for the drama. Ron loves himself some drama every <laughs> time. Okay, he does. He yeah, says he yeah, doesn't I like need to drama to that, but okay, okay. I know, I know. Just he, Ron is all about the popcorn. Shout out to Rochelle. Yeah. If Rochelle's, yeah. I know for a fact Rochelle's going to listen to this episode oh, because yeah. Ron's on it. So shout out to Rochelle. Uh-huh. Appreciate you, homie. Um, she's gonna she's gonna go ahead and get hungry for popcorn again off, off this episode, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> that all being said, Ron, <laughs> I forgot about that. You don't even like popcorn. Uh, I keep forgetting that that's what's wrong with you. Anyway, uh, that's what's wrong with me. Add that to the big list of what the, of the, what things are wrong with me, Ronald. That all being said, I want to make sure I don't lose my tra- train of thought. But R- Ron has always said that F1 drivers are the biggest prima donnas in, form, in, in motorsport. But what he fails to realize, and has finally probably now admitted to himself, NASCAR drivers are right behind them. Because every single time this man sends me a post about something, it's someone and their mother getting mad at Bubba Wallace. It's somebody and their mother getting mad at the Bush brothers. It's the Bush brothers having the biggest, stupid, most dumb breakdown of all time. By the way, let me just go ahead and be very clear right now. It's probably not a good idea to take a gun into Mexico next time. Check your luggage. Right? Damn, it. damn, that's um, nuts. yeah, yeah, really nuts. Yeah. Should we? We might talk about that. Who knows? Just because I want to go ahead and say how dumb that is. But that all being said, Ron, defend yourself, please. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> I don't know if Mr. I have much of a defense. <laughs> I think uh... Mister thinks that drive to survive is like the best <sighs> thing that ever happened to motorsport, but at the same time thinks a little, yeah, a little I, too I, dramatic. But then he's all for the drama. I <laughs> I, I do definitely feel like drive to survive is played up and a little fake. Oh, um, it it is absolutely played yeah yeah not not you think it is, but I love yeah. it. Yeah, and I and I, I love think, fast. And I think maybe some difference here too. But honestly, you're right. Is uh the f1 prima donna thing is drivers uh i guess thinking they're the best thinking they're they're hot thinking thinking that they could do no wrong that they're never at fault it's always the other person every time now versus sometimes it is yeah yeah oh yeah versus in nascar you get a lot of the drivers who are the macho type want to be dale earnhardt but then Mm -hmm. as soon as somebody wrecks him, spins him out, says something, whatever, all of a sudden, you know, candy ass comes out, right? Hey, <laughs> Which is the Kyle Bush the... example. Exactly. Kyle Bush wants to be the badass, right? And he's not. And then, and then, yeah, uh, uh, Joey Logano says, or Joey Logano, this is how stupid it is, how pissed off he was. Joey Logano says, good luck in the race. 
and then spins him out in the clash. Clash, and all of a sudden, Kyle Busch is like really, really pissed off. Like, sure. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, you, yeah, it's like if Ron and I were, were sim racing and Ron and, were to tell me good luck and then he bumps me out of the race, I'm not going to go ahead and stop talking to him. I'm not going to go ahead and tear away his co-founder card of this podcast. <laughs> it's called <laughs> it's called shit happens. That's yeah, what it's called. Racing, okay, Kyle, in racing, in, especially in racing. Come yeah. on. Now, I think it is less prevalent. There are certainly a few NASCAR drivers are like that, but they're not all like that. No, I know, but I do mention Bubba Wallace anyway. because every single time, Bubba, well, Bubba Wallace Wallace's is thing is just people wanting to hate him. That's exactly that's my not point. to say he can't do no wrong. I mean, no, 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 I know he, he's not perfect. Look, yeah, look what he did last year at Talladega, but still, no, no, but he he can he 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 can have his moments, just like Lewis oh, yeah. can have his moments. Yes, but yes. I bring I I have to bring that up. I would rather car- have a driver who can have their moments and it's exciting versus sure. a robot, right? Because both sports yeah. have plenty of drivers who have no personality. Absolutely. I mean, we're now seeing Valtteri Bottas come away from the robot thing that he was at Mercedes yeah. for the last yeah. five seasons yeah. he was there. And now all of a sudden that he's the lead driver at Alfa Romeo, him and Guan Yu Zhou are having the time of their lives. I mean, yeah. you know, Valtteri Bottas has an epic mustache. But it, 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 I look at Kyle Bush's getting mad at Joey Logano thing, which, by the way, it's hilarious because they're both they're both Ford Ford. Run Ford in no, right? Bush is uh, in a Chevy this year. Now. He's in a Chevy this Which year? We'll okay, I, apologies. Yep. Okay. Yep. We are going to talk about that. We're also going to be talking about the second season of the new gen cars and whatnot. Yep. Um, but in the same way that Kyle Bush is making this big deal about Joey Logano bumping him at the clash, it's like how Red Bull and Max Verstappen and Christian Horner have not let go of Lewis Hamilton bumping him. Well, I shouldn't say bumping him, but basically causing the wreck at Great Britain in 2021. It's the yep. same yep. thing. Yep. Like yep. it happened. Yep. Move on. Yep. It, it crap happens. It, yep. it was not Settle malicious. And, yep. Yeah. So uh, that Agreed. all being said, I just need to go ahead and get that out there. And plus just call out Ron on the fact that uh, <sighs> they are prima donnas just because they're country boys. Doesn't mean that they can't yep. be, ha- they can't no, have the prima right. donna thing right. attached. To them. Right. So um, Ronald walk us through the entirety of the season. Daytona is, a week from this Sunday, it's obviously yep. Super Bowl weekend, so it's the following weekend. So by the time it's- you're hearing this podcast, it's Daytona this weekend, I guess. That's correct. Yep. Yep. That's, my, that's yep. my point. So yeah, so Daytona starts, obviously Daytona 500, one of the biggest races in the world. Um, and regardless of motorsport, like correct. NASCAR, I recommend you try to watch it, at least watch the last 20 or 30 laps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the second season of the quote-unquote next-gen car. So the next-gen car is like a semi-spec series where it's kind of like indycar now or like australian supercars now where it's a spec chassis a relatively spec body the manufacturers get to do some stuff with their body you know the camaro looks like a camaro etc um, like but it, right? yeah but but it is not a spec engine so the chevrolets have a chevrolet engine the fords have ford engine the toyotas have the Toyota. the only um, the only the only similarities is if I'm not mistaken, Ronnie, and, and bear with me, they're all 350 cubic inch V8s, correct? Uh, yeah, I think it's technically 345, but yes, they're all okay. essentially 5.7 liter. They're 5.7 liter V8s. Two valve yeah. V8s. But yeah. no longer a four speed. They are now the they're they're, six they're speed sequential, sequential transaxle. Yep, that's yep, correct. made by X Track, exact same one that is in Australian supercars, if I remember nice. correctly. And independent rear suspension. Um, that's huge. Yes, yeah. Um, and the whole, the, there's kind of two goals with them going to the next gen car. Goal number one is reduce cost. 
because NASCAR at the top level, despite seemingly on its face not being very technology, it was getting ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Um, because teams like Hendrick Motorsports and Penske and Joe Gibbs Racing were just outrageous, you know, amount of time in the wind tunnel Absolutely. and you know, squeezing every last little inch out of the motors and this that. Um, so that's some respect, they can't necessarily do that. Like all of the parts on the car have to be purchased directly from the suppliers and are not allowed to be modified, for example. Um, and so, so goal number one there is reduced cost. Goal number two is now the smaller teams have a better chance at competing. And a perfect example of that, and to some extent that worked, which is awesome. Um, of course, the top teams are still going to end up being the quickest, but the disparity, at least in the first season, was greatly reduced. And a perfect example of that was Trackhouse Racing. Trackhouse is a basically brand new team. Um, Justin Marks bought the team from Chip Ganassi, uh, but it's largely completely redone. Um, That's a Pitbull's team, is it not? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's yeah, it's co-owned by by Justin Marks and uh, uh, Pitbull, um, and they finished their driver finished i think second in the championship last year ross chastain he was sure in the top four he's in the final race um ross chastain, and they, a freaking they, hero my God, yeah they my won quite a few races mm -hmm. last year uh both mm -hmm. ross chastain and daniel suarez uh, yeah by the way well uh, let's put that out there ross chastain basically came to glory because he had basically the most epic pass in the history of nascar or at least one of them i mean not to overblow it but at the same time it's the type of yes, stuff that you yes, do in video yes. games. It's the type of stuff that you would only see yes. in Cars the movie. The whole of. story is just amazing. It's, yeah. it's I think, Martinsville, of, and it's an elimination race in the playoffs last year, and Ross's spotter gets on the radio, and it's the last lap, and his spotter, he asks his spotter, where are we at? And his spotter says, you're down two, which means he is down two cars from making it into the final race of the championship. So he has to pass two people, and that's not going to happen. Um because he was in, I don't know, say eighth and seventh and sixth are really good. So it's, he's not just going to pass two cars on the last lap, right? So he does, and this is again like such a perfect NASCAR story. Ross in the offseason is literally a watermelon farmer. Like that is what he does. Like, and, and that's how he made his living to get into NASCAR. You know, it just like the stereotype of he's a, literally a freaking farmer racing stock cars, right? Um, honest, hard work kind of deal. And so everybody called this move that he did, the Hail Melon, going into the last corner. <laughs> That's great. I love <laughs> yes. that. Going into the last corner, rather than taking the corner I normally would, he just keeps the pedal completely forward and like he freaking style, sends it. Like, like, yeah, just rides the wall all the way around and passes like five cars and makes it into the playoffs. It's unreal. And it, it made it, it was the number one, uh, I want to call it uh, uh, highlight it, in Sports yeah. Center's top ten. For which sure, I couldn't uh, even it, tell you the last time NASCAR was even in Sports Center top, and let, let alone I, number one. I can't even remember the last time that NASCAR got featured on an ESPN Instagram, yes. Instagram yes. page. Like that's yes. how crazy yes. this situation yes. was. It was unreal. Yes. Oh my god! Okay, could I just mention really quickly? I figured out the cheat code for Instagram Reels. <laughs> It's it's have, having an it's having a Maserati MC12 on your Instagram page. Is, oh, is it's your code. latest reels popping off. Yeah, sorry, I, I anyway, had to mention yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moving on. Sorry. So, so all right. So all of that to say, 
the new the next gen car for the most part seemed to have worked. There's a few kinks yeah. they're they're kind of working on. It wasn't going to be perfect, but I'm not going to go into insane detail there. Um, so that's great. So we're rolling into the season, and what we're going to have to see is is it going to continue? You know being what what it looked like it was going to be last year is a small team like Trackhouse going to do well are other small teams going to do well and so one exciting thing about the daytona 500 in particular is this year the we're having the good problem to have that is there are more cars than spots in the field right um, so there are multiple people showing up just for the daytona 500 trying to qualify their way in in nascar it has a charter system i won't go into all the details but at the top I think something like 30 or 35 spots are guaranteed if you're a charter team, but it's a 40 or 42 car field. Uh, and so there's, if I remember right, there's six or seven cars trying to make it in, but there's only four free spots. Mm-hmm. So two or three people teams are going to get sent home. Um, and it's not like some small names. It's kind of cool. Um, first off freaking Jimmy Johnson, seven time NASCAR champion, one of my favorites, back. one of the goats. Yes, and there's more to talk to him about in NASCAR, and I'll get to that in a minute. But for the Daytona 500 specifically, he's coming back as part of a, a select few races he's running this season. But because he's not a, running as a chartered team, right, because he's just coming back as a standalone race here, he's not guaranteed entry despite being a seven-time champion. Is he going to make it? What happens if he doesn't make it, right? How, how crazy is that going to be if a freaking seven-time champion doesn't qualify? Sure. Um, another, no. another, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, the world baseball classic is slated to start next, next month, right? You and I are both big baseball fans. Yep. Um, and, and the, the, the pools, the divisions, just like the world cup, um, big teams are never guaranteed. Puerto yep. Rico is in like the pool of death this year, which I'm not very, I'm, I'm petrified, Ronald petrified. I have to deal with Venezuela and the Dominican Republic in my pool. Yeah, don't say that because we are one of the favorites, but at the same time, I'm genuinely terrified. Yeah. And so that is a thing that can happen. And that's what can make sports really, really yes. genuinely exciting. Yes. Yes. Because the outcome is not guaranteed. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Some other cool, a uh, uh, couple cool uh, other entries that are trying to make it into the Tito 500 is Travis Pastrana. Yeah. Of uh, uh, Rallycross and X Games and Motocross and all this other fame, right? And now has taken over for the gym. Now is one of the featured yes, drivers yes, on Gymkhana. Yes, yep. I can't say this enough. Rest in peace, the the great Ken Block. Yep. Connor Daly is trying to to race in um in the number fifty car in the uh, team money team racing, which is Floyd May- Mayweather's team. Um, so they're a very small, very one off kind of team that only race in select races. Kind of a crazy story there with with uh floyd mayweather's team trying to get in it's of course like bitcoin cryptocurrency sponsor because of course it would be um if i remember right the crew chief for that is is tony yuri jr of earnhardt jr and earnhardt fame so he's coming back as a crew chief so just that's a cool story i hope they make it right um lots lots of lots going on even just for the daytona 500 that's exciting to start the season off so I have a couple of questions that I want to ask you, Ronald, as we carry on our conversation uh, on the NASCAR 2023 season. Um, you know, we talked about the Bush clash and we talked about this. Uh, I'm not sure how much we talked about it last year, but I think it's important to go ahead and talk about this year. And you, t- and one of the things that you mentioned is like some of the old guard, um, you know, and when we say the old guard, we're talking about like, you know, fans of the, the you know, OG fans of NASCAR. 
Um, and, you know, I remember last year it being at the Coliseum for the first time. I think one of the uh, one of the featured musical guests may have been Ice Cube, if I'm not mistaken. Either Ice Cube. It was Ice Cube. And I know for a fact Pitbull performed last year. Right? Last year, yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I say that because I want – here's what I want people to know. If you're listening to this for, as from the OG NASCAR perspective, and I appreciate your thoughts. I really, really do, guys. But at the same time, here's what I want. I don't want motorsports to die off. I've said that before, and I stand by that, and I'll stand by it until the day I die. Right? I, yep. don't, want yep. to, I don't want it to get left behind. So yep. us getting new next-gen cars absolutely needed in the same way that the regulations in formula one changing are exactly what we need in order for formula one to carry on for the next 15 to 20 years to stay relevant. Thank you, Ronald. Um, And that's just from the car perspective, but from the marketing perspective, it's just as important Ronald, if not even more so. And I hate to admit that, but it's the gosh darn truth. Okay. You, you could not have, the city of Los Angeles, which is the second biggest city in the entire United States, not have this this type of competition yep. for this yep. sport. Because if not, yep. then you're absolutely missing out on having 70,000 that can go ahead and sit at the Coliseum on a Sunday. And then basically a, a total of maybe 250,000 that can go ahead and be there the entirety of the weekend. Yep. Right? You yep. can't miss out on that type of revenue. And you can't miss out on that type of marketing opportunity in los angeles right and they can go ahead and say oh dixie d'amelio was the was the performer it's them trying to go ahead and here's the thing they're mad that it worked ron because the problem is a good point (laughs) because the problem is here's the thing us millennials we're not that generation that they're trying to go ahead and get the eyes on from get the eyes from anymore it's the gen z now brother we're old we yeah. we got old. Yes, we did, yep. and it's, it's and crazy it's fine. Like, like it's, it's it true. is. You are both. We're. I'm 33. You're you're going on 33 this summer. Like, we are no longer the generation that NASCAR and other motorsports should be trying to go ahead and get eyeballs from. Mm-hmm. It's the Gen Z and the kid and and yep. the kids. Yep. And I'm yep. sorry, but Dixie D'Amelio is really freaking popular. And I would I would scroll down right, and I would read. Who the hell is Dixie Diamelio? I happen to know who she is, but that's because I happen to like pop culture. Yep. I know who she is. Do I follow her? Absolutely not. But I know who she is, yep. right? And the generation that they're trying to get, and by the way, they're not just trying to get men. They're trying to get women too. Yes, yes. That's exactly. the whole point. Yes. How the hell are you not going to try and grow from that? And yes. so the same thing with them having Pitbull last yep. year. Like, yep. I appreciate Here's- it because, go ahead. The thing that frustrates me is them having her or Wiz Khalifa was also the other performer this past yeah, weekend. Yeah, that's huge. Th- them having acts like that is not saying NASCAR is not country music anymore, right? If it that is, was the case, is, they wouldn't be going to Martinsville, bro. Exactly. It is NASCAR saying we are country music and we are hip hop and we are rap and we are everything else. We are inclusive. Everybody has a place to enjoy this sport. And if you want to be exclusive and only make it exactly what you like, then as far as I'm concerned, goodbye. I I, I couldn't agree with you more. I I couldn't agree with you more. As speaking as a country music fan myself, Mm -hmm. 
it is one of my favorite parts of the sport and the heritage there. But I just as much enjoy all of the other different cultures and everything else that is brought in and with this yeah. move to LA. And to your point, I think they hate it because it worked because it was one of the highest viewed races. It was it was the highest viewed clash of all time. Three million yeah. viewers, I think. That's and a it was huge one of the highest viewed races, like period. Yes. Yeah. So like it absolutely moved the needle. And that is bringing more people into NASCAR. And if anything, if you want to, if anything, now is the old guard's chance to have a chance to show people why they like the way it used to be done. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, and I, I, I got, I have to kind of bring this up and, you know, please excuse me if people think that I'm getting a little bit too PC on this one, but I don't think I am, but I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and tell you how you, how I feel at the end of the day. Um, you know, Chase Elliott and, um, uh, Joey Logano, Kyle and Kurt Busch, um, who are others, some other names, uh, of course, um, homie, uh, Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson, um, Ryan Blaney, these are those, Ryan yeah. Blaney. All these guys are some of the top names in the sport yes. because of their acumen, right? Because of their records, because of their yeah. resumes, you know, yeah. I just mentioned several sprint uh, uh, nascar champions excuse me i should yes. say sprint yep. cup, it's no longer yep. the case but there's several ch- champions in there in in that list but bubba wallace who was not a champion is one of the most popular drivers in nascar yes, yes. and i know for a fact that there's a lot of nascar fans out there ronald that you and i both know this they're not a fan of bubba wallace not because of what he doesn't bring to the sport, but because of the color of his skin. I'm yes. saying I'm I'm no, it's speaking true. truth. I'm speaking yep. truth. They hate yep. him the same reason that they hate that that there are a a massive amount of British fans who don't happen to like Lewis Hamilton because he's half black. I'm just being completely honest, and I'm not trying to go ahead and make this PC. But what I'm trying to go ahead and tell you is, to anybody who's a hater, that's you know, only wants the old guard that is not yep. looking forward to the downtown Chicago race, which by the way, you're out of your freaking minds. If you're not looking forward yep. to that race, and that's what and I'm going to get to that in a yep. second. Um, They're here to stay. Yep. Okay. Yep. They're, they're here to stay. Yes. Uh, I, I, and I'm, by the way, I am in no way, shape or form saying that the reason why the clash was the highest viewed clash of all time was because of yes. Dixie D'Amelio. That's not what yes. I'm saying, but yep. I am going to tell you that in order for you to continue to get the ratings that you would yes. like to get for the clash, yes. you need to do that, stuff like that. That's what you're going to have. I, I think I just do. thought of a better way to elaborate the point that I was trying to make earlier uh, for the old guard. Now's your chance to show people why you like the sport. Mm. Chicago probably is not going to be a very good race as far as the actual like racing on sure. the track. Ronald, right? no, neither is Vegas. Right, it's a street track. It's probably not going to be the best for passing this up together. But what it is going to be is it's going to be something new and exciting that brings people who don't typically watch NASCAR to watch the sport, and they're going to see how cool it might be. And we're exactly. like, oh, it's not just herder turning left, people dumb, right? Yeah, and not to mention now it's the third biggest those... city in the nation. Yes, exactly. Now you have those new fans, and we have all these uh, old school NASCAR fans, of which some of their sentiment I agree with. They want to bring tracks back like Richmond and North Wilkesboro and things like that, right? Well, now is your chance to show these new fans, hey, now that you're here, look at all this other cool stuff that NASCAR mm-hmm. can also be. And look how good racing is at short tracks like North Wilkesboro, right? Now is yeah. your chance to do that because if we don't go to Chicago and do things like that, then the sport's just going to get smaller and smaller because people won't know to look at it. 
I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'll end this on this, and then I'll go ahead and have us finish up on the NASCAR portion. We can move on to IndyCar in just a second. Yeah. And I don't mean to go ahead and dwell on it, but I, I think it's really important. In order for NASCAR to be successful, if you want those small um, locations to, to stay on the calendar, the big locations need to get added on so people can be able to get interested in it. In order for they can, in order for them to go ahead and be yep. interested in the smaller places, Formula One got lucky, but they they took advantage of it, Ronald. When the pandemic hit and they couldn't go to certain locations because the the, the countries were closed, they were forced to bring back old racetracks. But what happened, Ronald, was because they already had two seasons worth of drive to survive, the popularity of Formula One had increased so much that people wanted to go ahead and see those old locations. They wanted to go ahead and see yes. Tuscany yes. in Imola. Exactly. And they wanted yes. to go ahead and Boom. see um, yes. uh, uh, the, um, the, the, the Romanian Grand Prix. Um, and because of that popularity uh, of the, you know going with Netflix and making that happen, and yes, again, I'll reiterate, they got lucky because of the pandemic, but it happened and the popularity was big enough. And because we're getting Vegas added onto the calendar, we got Miami added onto the calendar last year, that popularity is going to continue to increase. But I think that it'll open up the doors for Formula One to have enough cash to say, oh, we can go to this old place that we haven't gone to in a long time because people are going to be excited to see it, right? Because the popularity is back. And that's what you need. Yep. You have yep. to have the right marketing tools. And maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong, Ronald. No, I and think this could go ahead and entirely, entirely blow up in my face, right? I think you're right. Yep. Well, and 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 I and and I think NASCAR is they're they're looking at the future in order for yes. a sport. You know, you know why the NBA hooked on LeBron James and they hooked on Steph Curry and they hooked on Kevin Durant for such a long time, and now they're hooking on their 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 um. They're, they're hooking on their horse to, to John Morant and, and people like that. It's because they have to continue to move forward yep. because LeBron is 39 years old and he's getting ready to retire in a couple of years. He's not going to be here in the next two years. So you have to go ahead and have another face of the franchise, yes. another face of the NBA. Yes. Yep. And so in NASCAR, it's a little bit different in formula one. It's a little bit different. So you have to go ahead and hook it on to different marketing schemes. But if you go ahead and make it happen the right way, it could work out for you in the long run. That's all yep. I'm saying. Bingo. Agreed. Okay, so I want to bring up three more things, and we don't we don't even necessarily need to discuss them, but just for people listening, three things to watch for the season. I'm going to give you three things um, to look for as the season goes on. Thing number one, Jimmy Johnson's back. Not necessarily full-time, but he's just purchased a majority stake in what was Richard Petty Motorsports. It's huge, man. Yes, which is crazy. So think about this. Richard Petty, there, there's three seven-time champions in NASCAR. Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt Sr., Jimmy Johnson. Obviously, uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. is not with us anymore, but Richard Petty owns a team. Jimmy Johnson, the other seven-time champion, just purchased majority stake. So now it's co-owned between actually three people, but for the purposes of this, Richard Petty and Jimmy Johnson. They changed the name to Legacy Motor Club, and Jimmy Johnson's coming back for a few select Such races. a bitchin' name, by the way. Yes, it is. Um, kind of a cool thing real quick. He has... Jimmy Johnson's a lot of rumors what number he's going to pick. He's picked car number 84 for two reasons. One, that's the inverse of his old number, car 48. And two, he has currently 83 wins. And if he could get one more win to 84, he would tie Bobby Allison, Daryl Waltrip, in fourth all-time of wins. So watch for, watch for the race as Jimmy Johnson comes back. 
And it's going to be interesting how good is he going to be because Richard Petty Motorsports the past, say, five to ten years has been a roughly mid-pack team. But mm -hmm. with this new next-gen car and with some new funding and a good driver like Jimmy, maybe something's going to happen. I got a question for you before you move on to the next yeah. point, and it's regarding Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson has been you, – you, a lot of NASCAR champions, if they retire and then they come back, they really haven't really done much. Maybe a couple of – like one race a year or something like that yes, where they mess yes. around. Yeah. Jimmy has Dale been Leonard staying – Jr. usually does one race a year. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Dale, I mean, Dale Jr. also got a massive concussion at the end of his career, so he probably has yes. to take a little bit easier. Jimmy yes. doesn't. But for, for the purposes of this conversation, what I'm trying to get at is Jimmy hasn't been – you know, chilling at home with his wife and girls. Jimmy's been having been fun in, in, in Indy. Into. Yes. Right. Yeah. And yes. so my, my question to you is since he seems to be a, relatively a little bit fresher, although not in a stock car, do you feel like that could really help him out if he actually gets a relatively strong car? I don't, maybe, I don't know if it will help him much on the ovals, but what I actually think will really help isn't so much the Indy the car road stuff, course maybe, but it's the, it's work, the IMSA yeah. stuff I think will help him in the road course stuff because this new car is a lot more like an IMSA sports car or an Australian supercar versus right. an old school stock car. And right. I think that will help him, but who knows? He was always pretty good at road courses. So, yeah, yeah no, he was, see. I mean, there's a reason why he's a seven time champion. So, exactly. um, okay. So that's the thing to look out for one. Number one, what's number two. Uh, number two is, is, um, uh, Kyle Busch. So he mm -hmm. moved from Joe Gibbs racing over to Richard Childress Racing, RCR. So we moved from, from a Toyota team to one of the top Chevy teams. Mm -hmm. uh, things weren't going so well for him the past year or two at, at JGR, Joe Gibbs. So let's look to see how good he is in a totally different car and a totally different team and a team dynamic that probably fits his personality better as well. Um, RCR is very old school NASCAR, very... Um, for lack of a nicer way to say it, very good old boy type of racers. Uh, and I think relative to others in the field, Kyle Busch kind of falls into that bucket more these days. Um, so, so like him or hate him, we got to watch to see how he's going to be. Um, I'm interested to see as well. Um, that's thing number two. Thing number three is, is uh, rookies. Um, Kyle Busch moving over to RCR, opened up a spot at JGR for um, Ty Gibbs, who is last year's Xfinity Cup champion. And so now he's bumping up right away to a top, the top Toyota ride. Big, um, big move. Yes, yep. He, and kind of ironically, he's more or less replacing Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is, uh, I would say, pretty disliked across the fans, but it's good. You got to have a heel in the series. Mm -hmm. Ty Gibbs was kind of the Kyle Busch of the Xfinity series. And hmm. he's filling Kyle Busch's spot. So... We'll have to see how Ty Gibbs is going to be. Um, but he's he's fast. He's good. There's no way around that. He is extremely talented. Um, so can he turn that team around? I, I kind of wonder, but we'll see. Then the other rookie, the guy he just barely beat last year, is Noah Gragson, who is in Jimmy Johnson's team. So now we've got Jimmy Johnson, Noah Gragson, and Eric Jones, who are all three pretty good drivers mm -hmm. uh, and a new team with some new money. Can they shake it up and move up the field? Watch and find out. All right. 
So what race are you, you know, I, I think I speak for myself when I say I think Chicago is going to be the most exciting race that I'm looking forward to just because of it's a road course, but it's also happening in the downtown streets. Of, well, I shouldn't, not directly in downtown, but it's happening in urban Chicago, which is a very cool layout. So Ronald, I ask you, aside from the Daytona 500, what, you, what, what, uh, what race are you looking forward to? Most yeah, this yeah, because yeah, I was going to say Daytona 500, but that's the easy one. Um, I'm excited to see Martinsville, I think. The first Martinsville race last year, there's two a year, wasn't very good. With a new car, some short track stuff, it ended up being not great. The second Martinsville race, NASCAR made some tweaks to the car, et cetera, the format, and it got better. Uh, now with what we've seen to clash, I'm hoping it's even better still. Um, I, I, I actually feel NASCAR is best at the extremes, which is the super speedways and the short track racing. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Martinsville. All right. Perfect. Um, one of the things that I'm looking forward to aside from Chicago and of course, Daytona is um, <clears throat> last year. Um, I talked about that. I thought that Hendrix was Hendrick motorsports was going to absolutely dominate. Um, and I'm not saying that they didn't dominate. I mean, they had very strong drivers. Um, you know, Kyle Larson made it to the playoff. Chase Elliott made it to the playoff. Um, Alex Bowman did not, but Alex Bowman got hurt. And so basically he had to just kind of end a season early and somebody else went ahead and took a spot. Um, there's a lot of – Alex Bowman has become a very strong driver for Hendrick Motorsports. A very yeah, I think strong, he's low-key underrated. Yeah, Low-key underrated. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm being – now, I will be completely honest. I'm also being completely biased towards Alex Bowman because he's a Tucson boy, you know, Yep. Ron and I are from we're yep. Tucson boys. It's yep. it is what it is. I'm just I'm just biased. That being said, you have Kyle Larson, you have Chase Elliott, William Byron is no freaking joke, and now you have you know a healthy Alex Bowman. I understand that NASCAR has always been a team sport for the most part, but do you foresee and also the rising of some other teams in the field? Um, that have always been strong, but now are on the same level as Hendrick. Do you foresee Hendrick not doing as well as they'd like to in 2023? Because I am not so sure. Yeah. I mean, it. I, I guess I, I, maybe it's a cop-out answer. I wouldn't be surprised by anything this season, mm -hmm. but sure. in particular, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens. I hope not. Hendrick is one of my favorite teams. Obviously, they're a Chevrolet team. I want them to do well. Of course. Um, You're a huge but, Jeff Gordon yes. fan, of course. But, Who's, right, by the way, but, he's the vice yeah, chairman? Possibly. Is this his first season as the vice chairman, or was that last year? I think that was last year. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. That's yep. huge, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, All right, okay. so moving on to IndyCar then? Let's do it, man. IndyCar, yeah. got to love it. All right, so so some things to watch for this season in IndyCar. Um, team changes. I think the biggest shakeup that we have is Alexander Rossi leaving uh, Andretti Autosport and going to McLaren. Um, and McLaren in general is blowing up in IndyCar as far as uh, they are staffing up like crazy. They are pouring all kinds of money into the team. Um, they got three drivers now. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about, I think Jorge and I aired our grievances with McLaren, especially on the Zach Brown and F1 <laughs> side of things. So I don't want to spend a ton of time there. I'm not um, going to go back to it, I promise, unless, yeah. I'm, unless but something I, I guess me. But yeah. point being um, – I think everybody kind of agreed slash uh, suspected that Rossi was a way better driver than the car that Andretti was giving him. Sure. And year after year after year, 
Rossi slash the fans kept giving Andretti a chance because um, they should be one of the best teams, and year after year after year, it just wasn't clicking. And so finally, he's moving to McLaren. So is there's now pressure on Rossi. Is he going to be fast in a different team, and now it's a different manufacturer? Or is it going to be the same story? I don't know. I am a Rossi fan. I hope he does well, but we'll have to wait, wait and see. Um, what goes on there and and i guess to go with that now that you know their lead horse is leaving um is andretti autosport going to get their mojo back what's going to happen without rossi colton herda now is effectively going to be their top guy uh and rightfully so he's ridiculously good but is it going to be the same story with a different driver or is colton and andretti autosport going to finally find a way to turn it around it seems inevitable at some point they're a good team they're going to fix it, right? Is this going to be the year that they finally fix it? Well, um, I agree. By the way, we're going to uh, – the Andretti – this is not going to be the first time that Andretti gets brought up, um, which is a good yep. thing. And yep, we'll get there. Yep. We'll get there. Um, there's a lot of drivers, a lot of great drivers in IndyCar. Yes. For the first time, I think, in the last the several seasons. The IndyCar field is insanely stacked. It's insanely stacked. And as much as I hate to go ahead and say this, I'm going to be honest. I do actually believe that, unlike in Formula One, McLaren is actually perhaps the team to beat in IndyCar in 2023. They might be. They, they might, might be. just be. They um, certainly have set themselves up to have the highest expectations. Exactly. Um, and I think this is the year, personally, where I will firmly put my cart behind this respective horse. And I will be firmly disappointed if I don't see Pato award win the, the entirety of the IndyCar series. Yeah. Uh, and because they have the resources, they have the car and he's got the talent. McLaren in general has probably the best three car team. Yes. In the entire field. Them or Penske, the, but yeah, they're Penske, yep. sure. Yep, yep. I mean, but I agree. And what will be interesting is, I think Penske and IndyCar historically has done a generally a good job of the more American style teamwork in racing, like what you've seen in IndyCar and NASCAR, where all the drivers work together to make the team better. And occasionally, yes, there's some rivalry stuff within the team, but they're usually kind of play nice, right? You always want to beat your teammate, but there's F1 and European racing tends to have a lot more of the kind of backstabbing there. Um, and that, for that lack has of to do a nicer the, way to that, say it. And then that has to do with the funds that are brought in by each relative driver as opposed to, you know, it's yeah, a little bit a different. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But I guess McLaren is bringing a lot of F1 style everything into their IndyCar team. At least it's it looks like that from the outside. The best thing. Right. And, and in some ways, maybe that's going to make them better. Maybe it's going to make them faster. Yeah. But what I'm interested to see is now you've got three drivers at McLaren who all are kind of chomping at the bit to be the number one driver in the team. Mm-hmm. Maybe get a shot at F1. And are we going to see all of a sudden, now nah, they don't want to be so nice to each other? Or right. are they going to still, you know, play nice? We'll have to watch. Well, that's, but... that, that's very much to watch. And not to harp on it some more, but, you know, I'm going to go ahead and mention his name in regards to Pato Award. He is one of the top drivers in the entire field. And 
that window is starting to get a little bit smaller, in particular when you bring in someone like Alexander Rossi as your teammate. Yeah. Like, and so, you know, you thought that it was, you know, because um, I believe, who did I tell you was the test driver from for McLaren F1 this year now? It's one of the IndyCar drivers. Do I, was it Colton? Is Colton now the test uh, They have like five, so I don't They remember. do, okay. But that's the th- but that's my point. Like just when I think it's thinks... Colton. I think it's Felix. I think it's Felix Rosenquist, who's their third driver. Yeah. I think it's uh, also Pato. Yeah. Um, um, no, they're uh, 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 Mick Schumacher is yet another one. It's oh, crazy. that's right because of yes. because of his freaking contract with Mercedes because he's Mercedes. also Mercedes's and third Mercedes driver. Is the engine supplier to McLaren and F1. Yeah. Yes. So so McLaren has like six third drivers. It's ridiculous. which is insane. We, and that's what I was saying. We covered a lot of that in the F1. End of season review last year, so it's not right. worth beating the dead horse, but it's, it's very true. But I but I bring this all up in the sense that Pato's window with Alex Rossi with Rosenquist, um, and then you've got you know Marcus Erickson is coming back with a bang in twenty twenty three, right? Um, Will Powers, yep. Will Will Power, yep. excuse me. Is the, yep. I mean he's the defending champ. He's not just going to go away. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. Um. And then a, a, a Joseph um Newgarden. Newgarden. He's he's the he's a multi-time champ. He's yep. not going away. Yep. So and, and by the way, but in the same and way, you still have Scott Dixon, who's somehow still got Scott Dixon, who's like freaking annoyingly perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the Roman Grosjean no is wrong. yeah. Yeah. And yes. Roman Grosjean. Yep. Yeah. Is for most for the most part still very strong, and if he gets yes. a good car, he's gonna. He has had a lot of yes, and he's with Andretti, so there you go. Yeah, if and Andretti so, fought, if Andretti can finally fix their shit, like Grosjean's gonna be unstoppable. It's gonna be it's gonna be him or Cole. I don't know which one, but yeah. But, but I bring that all up because McLaren might be looked at at least to me. Here's the thing: McLaren has. I'm not gonna say they set themselves up for pay, failure, but because of everything they have done. They have a massive target on their back in IndyCar. Oh yes, yeah. Like the, the the target is the target. For the most the McLaren part, the McLaren, F1, no matter what happens, there's going to be a lot of people who have a right to be mad at them. Exactly. The McLaren F1 team wishes that they had this target on their back, the yes. way that the yeah. IndyCar does. Yes. They wish they did, yes. but they yes. don't. So my prediction will be, McL- I, this is not necessarily a prediction, but McLaren has a lot to lose. And they have to be careful to not trip over themselves because they have these three talented drivers because everybody else in the IndyCar field has basically got a scope to their heads because that's who they're aiming for. Even though they've basically become, and I'm going to use this analogy as because I'm a fan of them and because it actually makes sense. They've become the New York Yankees. And what I mean by that is, Everybody's aiming for the Yankees, even though the Yanks haven't won a title since 2009. But everybody wants to slice the head off the giant. And right yep. now, McLaren yep. has yep. basically made themselves because of Zach Brown's moves and his shenanigans, yep. because of what yep. they, the all-star team that they basically developed, and because of all the money that they have coming in. Yep. Even if they don't admit it, all of the current IndyCar teams don't that's want who they're aiming an for. F1 team to come in and do well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... And, so yeah. That all being said, because of that, I'm not I'm not attaching my horse to this, but I will say 
I'm going for Pato Award, and I want him to do it, yeah. and I think that yeah. this is the year he can. If there was ever a season that he can actually win a championship, it is in 2023. Yeah. If he doesn't, bro, I don't see it. Yeah, yep. So it'll be it'll be an exciting season, and I think of, of all of the major motorsports, IndyCar is the one that is the hardest to predict. Between, between Penske's three drivers, between McLaren's three drivers, between Andretti's drivers, Chip Canassi's drivers. Um, I mean, there's that's half the field almost right there, and literally any of them could be the champion. Any of those teams could be the best. I wouldn't be shocked if any of them are the ones who are the best. Gotcha. Um, and, and I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but but that's what's so freaking cool about IndyCar is it is going to be ridiculously tough. Exactly. So um, we'll end it on this before we move over to Formula One. Um, what race besides the Indianapolis 500 are you well, most looking yeah. forward to? And I'm picking Pato. By the way, I didn't. Pick, we didn't pick anybody for NASCAR. So real quick, who are you picking for to win the NASCAR Cup? Uh, I would like to see Chastain win it. I think it would be cool. I'd like to see Chastain in Trackhouse win it. Hmm. Yeah. I don't want to go ahead and pick Logano. Because you know that that would be a that's a cop out answer. So, um, I, you know what? I'm go Bowman. I'm picking Bowman. Right. Yeah, I can't believe I like it. it. I know he's not going like to do it. it, but I'm picking Bowman. He probably, you never know, man. Yeah, yeah. I know, but I mean, you he's he's got to he's got to deal with Chase and with Larson, bro. Yeah, like, come on, that's that's tough. He's got the hardest teammates, no doubt. He does. He does. Yeah. Um, um, so, back I, to Andy Carr. Yeah, I guess real quick, the one other thing I wanted to cover real quick on Andy Carr. Mm. Yeah, of is, course. Is Roger Penske bought the series a year or two ago, started investing a lot into it. And we're, I think we're finally going to see some of that paying off because historically marketing in IndyCar has been terrible. Um, and we are seeing IndyCar's, I guess, kind of rebuttal to Drive to Survive, and that is 100 Days to Indy. And it is a series that will be airing on CW in the spring um, that is basically documenting behind the scenes across all the drivers and the fans and everybody else, the hundred days leading up to the Indy 500. Right. Um, and I, I everybody is, is very hopeful that it is going to be really good. I think it's a six part series. So watch out for that. That should be a lot of excitement because again, more eyes being brought into the motorsport. That's the yes. most important thing. Now it yes. being on the CW scares me quite a bit. If it was on a yeah, different same. station, it'd be an entirely different thing. I don't even need yeah. it to be on streaming service. I think it'll still be service. on Peacock. I think it will be on Peacock. But yeah, well, that's know. that works out good. That works. Or out maybe you can stream it on CW. I don't know something. Like yeah. That, um, yeah. So um, I'm picking Pato. You picked. Oh, I'm gonna go with Rossi. I hate to also pick McLaren with you, uh, yeah. but I want to see Rossi do well. It, I, I would pick either him or Newgarden, but I'm going to pick Rossi. Okay. And uh, what race are you most looking forward to this season? I know what I am, besides the Indy. Oh, God dang, that is so hard. Iowa. It's mm. it's it's sort of like IndyCar short track. Um, I gotcha. Uh, last year, Hy-Vee, which is a supermarket, grocery store chain in kind of the Midwest dumped a ton of marketing and money and huge concerts into the Iowa races, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. And it paid off tremendously, huge viewership, huge attendance. They're doing it again. Uh, I think it's good for the sport. 
Iowa usually has ridiculously good and exciting racing. I don't remember if it's a mm-hmm. doubleheader again this year or not, so I'd pick that. I was tempted to cop out and pick Detroit because Detroit is a new track this year. It's going to be downtown instead of on sure. the mile. Um, That's going to be fired. And I'm definitely going to go. Um, but I, I'm i looking forward the most to Iowa. So. Gotcha. Um, I just – I love Long Beach. I love playing I it on the video that, game. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that it actually looks super mm-hmm. bitching, you know, like Long downtown Beach Long Beach. in some ways is kind of the sports Monaco. It's the yeah. glitz and glamour it's track. Just, it's, it's, but it's, it's not even the glitz and glamour. And like, and, yeah. yeah. It's just – And it's a cool I track. played on a video game. And it's it, – un, yeah. unlike Monaco, like it's really fire. It really is. Yes. So I'm looking yes. forward to it's, it. it uh, yeah. Long Beach is one of the few street tracks where there actually is some passing. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to Long Beach. All right. So as we move over to F1, um, and we just went ahead and uh, Ron brought up Andretti Autosport um, just a just a little bit ago. Um, Andretti has been trying to go ahead and get into Formula One for the last couple of seasons. Um, yes. They went over to it, the Marsh. You, or go ahead. You could say try and come back to F1 because sure. Mario Andretti is an F1 champion. Two times. Michael Formula Andretti. One. Yeah. Michael yep. Andretti has raced in F1. Anyway, absolutely. No, but the family, no, 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 you're okay. The family has been trying to get back into Formula One for the last couple of seasons. They tried to go to F1 at first. F1 was like, we don't care that you have your name is in the sport, that uh, we don't need an 11th team. Go ahead and come. You, we don't want you here. That's the best way to go ahead and describe it. (laughs) So Andretti was like, well, it's the best way that I can go ahead and describe it. So Andretti. Basically, they were basically told, hey, listen, you, you you just don't have enough for us to go ahead and really want to consider you being in the sport. So Andretti was like, okay. So they went over to General Motors and they talked to Cadillac. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, yes, out of nowhere, General Motors is like, we'll come into Formula One. Why not? We're General Motors. We're the one of the two biggest manufacturers in the united states we're one of the five biggest manufacturers on the planet we're the general you know we we race we race in nascar we race in indycar we race in lamar we have the corvette like we you know who we are so all of a sudden andretti comes back and is like hey listen um you said to go ahead and get me somebody well i did got general motors and the last time i checked the only manufacturer racing in Formula One right now that's bigger than General Motors is Mercedes-Benz, because yep. not even the Renault Group is bigger than General Motors. Yep. Like they, they, they on the list of the biggest auto manufacturers in the world, but the biggest auto manufacturers are like by sales volume. By sales volume are Ford is obviously the Volkswagen Group, who's coming in in 2026 to take over with Audi. Um, Ford is in there, Mercedes-Benz, General Motors is in there, and Renault wishes that it was in that on, on that same level, and they're not. And if you have Alpine, then there's no reason why you would go ahead and say no to General Motors, right? Wrong. Apparently, F1 doesn't think that even Cadillac has the clout, even though Cadillac has been, I swear to God, people, when I say dominating other racing motorsports over the last decade, that's not an exaggeration. Cadillac has done work at Daytona. That Cadillac has done work in Le Mans. Cadillac has been doing work in sports car series. Where else are they dominating? Because they're dominating. Those are the three 
basically the three places yeah. that they've been racing in. Yeah. And they dominate every season. It's not like just a they're doing okay, they get one win. No. Championships upon championships. They're going to be in the hypercar series, if I'm not like, mistaken, yeah. in Le Mans. Yes. yes. Right? Yep. So, like, they're I looked it up. Of- I was just curious. Side note, but mm-hmm. I have to interrupt because I just thought it was interesting. By sales volume, according to Wikipedia, Toyota's first, Volkswagen a second, Hyundai Kia, depending on how you count, if you count GM's China partnerships, GM is third. If you don't, Hyundai is third, and then GM is fourth, and then Ford, Mercedes, uh, where can I find it here? Is all the way down to 13th. That's, that's so GM okay. would technically be the biggest company if if the FIA and the F1 teams were left in it. No, that's massive. Which I did not know. <laughs> I actually thought I never realized that General Motors. I, I didn't realize that, that Ford was actually bigger than General Motors. I knew no they were, I knew we were bigger anybody. than Ford. Yeah. I knew GM was bigger than Ford, but I did not know that. I thought Mercedes was more globally. So that's yeah. what I was thinking. I mean, I, I dude, I swear, I forget about Toyota every time. I always think, oh, it's Volkswagen. <laughs> it's the Volkswagen Group. You know, they've got everybody and their mother under it. But they're, I they're really close. I think they it's are. been a year or two. Is the I think they flip flopped a couple different yeah. times. Anyway. But that's not the point. That's not the discussion. Andretti comes in with Cadillac. They present themselves to Formula One to the FIA, and the FIA is kind of like in that situation of like. We really can't say no to these guys at this point. Like that is the amount of money that General Motors and Andretti are bringing in is insane. Yeah. Here's where the situation got a little bit sticky. And here's probably the first time you're going to go ahead and hear me talk bad about Toto Wolf. <laughs> anybody who's anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I adore that man. I think he is easily the best team principal in Formula One currently. And I do think that he's one of the top four greatest train principles to have ever graced formula one period. The only team principle that might be better than him might be Enzo. That's about it. That being said, by the way, would you consider Enzo a team principle? I mean, he, he was, was, yeah, he was yeah. right. Yeah. So, okay. So then he's the goat. Okay. Yeah. Not, not, not the point. The, all the pre principles out of the 10, I think eight of them all said, and it was led by Toto, and I'm pretty sure Horner was in on this too, um, said, well, now we just don't want to divvy up the pie because all of a sudden if we divvy up the pie by 11, that's less money than than for the 10 of yeah, us. Ba- yeah, basically the way the rules work, if I if I have this right, is there mm-hmm. is a – automatically there is a, a purse or a pot set aside uh, and depending – we'll just – I'll make the numbers easy. We'll say it's $100 million. I think it's actually significantly more than that. Way more um, than that, but yes. yes. Yes, and the winning team gets, say, $30 million, and the team in second gets 25 and so on right. down the list. And where all the F1 teams are getting upset, I had to be nice there, is uh, if there's an 11th team, now that pot, that that purse, that pie, whatever, is now sliced up even smaller, and in theory they get less money. Right, um, at least in the very short term. In the very short term, and yeah. Mercedes and Ferrari and Red Bull, um, Alpine, anybody who's a big heavy hitter in the sport is like, no, well, we don't want to really do that. But here's the thing, Ron. They none claim, of them are out. None of them are coming out saying. None of them are coming out. Even saying though everybody knows all that's reports. Really- that's and and everybody knows that Toto is one of those people. And I hate yeah. to say that. 
But listen, I'm gonna go ahead and call it out like I see it. If Toto's you can really tell good. because when when the few times that the media has been able to, and it's just been the offense, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the regular season when media has more access. Mm-hmm. But the few times the media has been able to question uh, teams in F1, they never have a good answer, and they are so obviously beating around the bush. Yeah, well, they're very biased. It, yes. it, it's really frustrating, Ronald, yes. because yes, it is. It's Haas is an American team, quote, unquote. Okay? They're not really an American team, but they're, unquote, unquote, an American team. Whatever. Led by what I believe to be the worst team principal in all of F1. I don't give a fuck about anybody saying, oh, but Gunther Steiner is so funny. He's trash. Gunther Steiner is trash. I said I was going to keep it together, Ronnie. I'm trying. (laughs) That being said, it's, it's becoming very clear that there seems to be some type of weird bias for the Formula One team principals and the teams themselves allowing an American team onto the grid. And for the love of God, I cannot understand why. Because the United States is going to now have three races this season yep. being held. Yep. We have the United States Grand Prix being held in Austin, Texas at the Circuit of the Americas. We have the Miami Grand Prix being held just outside of Hard Rock Stadium. And this season, the big caboodle, we get Vegas. And my yep. understanding is, Ron, I believe that we might have one or two more coming in the next like five years. What? I don't, wow. I, I don't, yeah. I'm not 100% certain on it, but I know that there's been discussions yeah. of it. The United States has basically become a gold mine for the FIA. The gold mine that they always wanted it to yes. be. It used to be. It, it, it seems to me that the United States might actually rival the entire continent of Europe in terms money wise. I bet. Yeah, it would not yeah. surprise me. Drive yeah. to Survive has, uh, did the impact that they needed uh, it to it do. Did. Absolutely. So did. what really frustrates me is the one time that like, you know you and I are first of all Logan Sargent is on the grid. Hell yeah, an American yes, on the grid finally. for the first time in like ten years. Like that's yes. fire. But. What's why can't we have the team with a yep. chef with with with, with an it, American yep. brand behind yep. it, a yep. real and, American brand? Dude, yep. And and like you say, it's hard not to be biased, but it's hard not to look at the circumstances and it's and connect the dots of they come to America because they want the money of what comes from the American races and the American eyeballs on TV here. Yeah, but they don't want an American team because they don't want to get beat by America. I don't know. It feels ridiculous. Motorsport is motorsport, bro. I really hate to say stuff like that, but man, I mean, (laughs) what else left is there really to conclude? Listen, if IndyCar, it 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 absolutely is either that or the money. That that's that's okay. If it's the money, it has to be one or the other. If it's the money, there's a possibility. Go ahead. I was gonna say there's an argument that it really isn't the money because. Bringing in America, obviously they want America in the sport because they're going to the American races and they're getting American TV. So getting an American team will only further that and bring more money to the sport, Mm -hmm. right? And make that purse bigger in future seasons, Yeah. right? So even though it's maybe split by 11 instead of 10, it's a bigger purse. So arguably it may not even necessarily be about the money, although short term it certainly has a part of it. And so like the only thing left is they just don't want to get beat by an American team because if that wasn't it, if if they really thought either the the argument that sometimes the team owners will say is well we don't think they're going to be a good enough team they're not bringing enough. Haas isn't a good enough team. 
Exactly. Exactly. And, and, uh, if that was really, how do I say this? I don't think that's true because I think if they actually thought that they weren't going to be good, it wouldn't, they would be happily take their money and beat them. But I think what they're scared of is they're going to show up and yeah, probably not be the best in the first few seasons, but if they stick with it, all of a sudden they're going to get beat by the Americans. They don't want that. They don't want to be beat at their own game. Just like to be fair, the IndyCar teams don't want to get beat by McLaren, but IndyCar is not excluding McLaren out of it. They clearly uh, let them in the series. Right. Yes. And they have gotten, and, and to be fair to McLaren, to be fair to Zach Brown, they sucked for like the first like three yeah. or four years. Like yeah. Hato Award yeah, was like person. a nice prospect. Yeah. But they yeah. like they weren't running races. Now the last but couple it's seasons. To pay off. Yeah. yeah. Pato Award finished fifth in the standings. Alexander Rossi, they added him. Yeah. Um M- McLaren as a team has finished in the top three or four in the standings in the car for the last couple of seasons. And that's saying a lot because it's, you know, yep. it's not 10 yep. teams like it is in Formula One. Yep. So I find it frustrating that the American motorsport is allowing the Europeans in, but then the Europeans are having a trouble wanting to add in the Americans. And by the way, Ron, listen, let's be, let's, 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 let's call it like we see it. We have the idea that Andretti and Cadillac could do work in Formula One. But there is a large possibility, Ronald, that yes. G that Cadillac could fall in this fucking face. Uh, yeah, that's, that's just the, it's the truth. Nobody has come in to F1 uh and just been good off the hop in the past 20 years. Nobody has. Haas was nobody ki- was was kind of okay and they regressed yes. unlike anything yes. I've ever seen. Yep. Right. Yep. The only the, the only maybe ones are like Braun GP, but they literally bought a Honda car. Yes, uh, and then Mercedes brought bought, bought the, the Braun. Yes. Yeah, exactly. and it took and like it took them three, two or three seasons to go yes. ahead and become yes. what they actually became. Yes. Like yep. Lewis Hamilton didn't win his th- that that second no. title his first season. No. It took him the second after the regulations really yep. kicked off. Yeah. Michael yep. Schumacher couldn't even get a win for like two seasons. Yes. Yeah. In, yep. in Mercedes. Yep. So. It's not a guarantee that Andretti and Cadillac could actually do work. Exactly. So I, I just. What are they so scared of? Yep. What are you scared of, guys? Mm-hmm. Like that. That's my thing. Which leads me to the next point of Red Bull. And it's a little bit different, but then at the same time, it's not. Bear with me. Last week, Red Bull unveiled their 2023 car man does it look so different from the 2022 car my god it's like i've never seen such a thing it's literally the exact (laughs) same car of the last four seasons Uh, the only like they they added maybe a couple of other details it's fun but you know what at the end of the day it's an iconic design it's an iconic design it's one of the best looking cars on the grid i saw (laughs) on instagram real quick i thought it was a fair point Because people have complained, including myself, that they're the same. But then someone posted a picture of all of the, uh, let me get this right, all of the McLaren Hondas from the 80s or 90s with the red and white Marlboro livery, mm-hmm. Art and Senna era, yeah. where like four or five years in a row, they were the exact same livery. That's different though. back on that now as like iconic. So is are sure. we gonna, is Red Bull the same thing? I I mean no. Okay, let it be known right now. 
I laugh at the fact that they haven't changed anything. I never said that they weren't on iconic. The Red Bull livery for the fair. last like ten seasons, and, and to be fair, even from from the Seb from Seb and from Mark Weber's time to where we look at now, it's actually a very different look. Yes. The blue is different. It's actually a much darker blue, almost black. Yes. The orange on the Bulls is very very strong compared to what it looked like back yes. in Seb's time in 2010 yes. through 2014. It was when they switched to like the matte paint. Stop. That's correct. Yeah, when they when Aston Martin was the title sponsor of Red Bull for those last few for the last few yeah, years, yeah, that is when it happened. Like, You're right. you know, like it got after darker. Infinity and ugly kind of purple. That's correct. When Infinity left and not be, yeah. it was not the the sponsor anymore. It was Aston Martin, and then Tag Heuer. It was Aston Martin Tag Heuer, and now it's Tag Heuer. It's not even Tag Heuer. Red. It's 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 Red Bull Honda, although Tag Heuer is still the one of the big sponsors, but it's yeah. not Tag Heuer, Aston Martin, Red Bull anymore. It's just Red Bull Honda, yeah. right? In the last, maybe since 2017, since Max has been on the team and Daniel Ricciardo was on the team at the beginning, that car really hasn't seen a lot of changes. Yeah. Now, they always have fun with the cool liveries when they go to different places, and that's always cool to see. We've seen yeah, cool agreed. stuff for when they went to Japan, and we obviously see very cool stuff when they go to Austin, but it's usually their typical dark blue with the orange mm -hmm. is usually the same thing. Mm -hmm. It has been iconic. So I only make fun of them just for making fun of them sake, but yeah. I look at it and it's still, it's it to me, it's already an iconic design in 25 years time. I'm going to look at it and like, that was a freaking banger and I'm glad yep. that they never changed it. Yep. So we're talking about Red Bull. Honda is, is basically out of the sport and they're giving their IP is my understanding to Red Bull. Kinda, now there's right? there's yeah, they're they're no longer it's not Honda F1. They are still the providers of the engine, but that contract is set to run out in at the end of the 2025 season, which is yeah. 2 years away. And it just got made official that Ford is now the engine engine supplier to Red Bull starting in 2026. Now, yep, but it's not a new engine. It's not a new engine. It's Red Bull's uh, engine. It's which is Honda's engine. It's Honda's engine. Right. But Ford's going to be basically have their smack dab all their marketing on top of that. Yeah, you know. Yep. Now we're going to go ahead and see Checo and Max drive Machis, and that's fine. Whatever. What remains to be seen. What will be interesting to be seen is how much Ford is actually going to be involved in continuing development of the engine or not. Correct. Are and, they going to actually be a technical think, partner? Right. And there's a lot of speculation uh, not. across the whole spectrum that they will be or that they won't be. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't think we know yet. And so it's, we it's don't, hard, we, we don't it's hard know. to say. Yeah. And Ronald, I'll be honest with you. It, it, uh, even you can probably admit to this. We probably won't ever. Like, we probably won't. Yeah, I see what you mean. You know, the CEO of Ford, when he was at the... Jim Farley, at, at, yeah. Jim Farley. Yeah. What, who was at the Red Bull launch said that the whole reason that they're doing this is because of their, you know, they, they're focusing on their EVs. They feel like it's going to go ahead and help them in the long run and whatnot. I don't believe that for a second. I really don't, but who knows? Yeah. That being it feels said, like it's marketing, but you're right. Wait, 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 that's, that's I hope fun. that I hope that what he's saying is true. I'll phrase I do too. I do. I would love for that to be true. And even if it's not true, even if it's for the marketing, Dude, that's cool too. The amount of revenue that you yep. get from that yep. is perfectly yep. fine. Yep. Yep. I, but there's a, the, the point that I want to get at because I don't want to go ahead and linger on for too much is 
The FIA is allowing Ford to come in as the technical partner to Red Bull, yet somehow, some way, no one can go ahead and let Andretti and Cadillac. I un, I un, now, I understand that these are two entirely different scenarios. This is a technical partnership and a sponsorship, essentially, between Ford and Red Bull, as opposed to Andretti and Cadillac want to come in as a new team. That being said, what it's yeah. still an American yeah. team. It's yeah. still an American partnership yep. with yep. one of your biggest teams on the grid with the defending champs. Yep. I know that's three years away, but it's still, it's made official. Yep. Like Porsche was trying to go ahead and buy out Red Bull all out. Right. The yep. corner and the team were like, nah, you're not doing that. No, we're not giving it up. That's why that broke down. We're going to get into Red Bull in just a second, but which that's partly why some people think Ford is not going to be as much as a technical partnership as they're claiming because Red Bull turned Porsche down because Porsche specifically wanted to do that. Right. So Which I wish yeah, maybe a little bit of a leap, but it makes sense. It, so it I don't might know. be. It might be. I think that there, I think we have honest, valid concerns on that. Yeah. But the frustrations really lie in the fact that if you're allowing Ford to come in as a regardless of whether or not they're the title sponsor for Red Bull, you're still allowing them to come in. What's the freaking difference of letting in General Motors yes, with Cadillac exactly. and Andretti? Exactly. Like, Here, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the difference. The difference is there is no difference, but. The F1 teams don't have a choice with Ford sponsoring an existing team. But the F1 teams have to vote to let in a new team. So you have to wonder if they had to vote to allow Ford to sponsor Red Bull, would, they, would, it, would we be in a different situation, right? But sure. they don't get a choice. Yeah. Right. Well, you know what? And let's mm-hmm. just hypothetically, let's just say for whatever reason, and, uh, Andretti Cadillac decided to quote-unquote partner, sponsor Red Bull, then they would technically be in, but it's not the same thing as mm-hmm. making a new team and all the other F1 teams, the current 10 teams, have to vote on allowing a new team. Right. And so the difference is the teams don't get a say with Ford and they do get a say with Andretti Cadillac. That's, that's totally fair. So I hope that the FIA and I hope that the teams do get their heads out of their asses. I really do. Yeah, me too. I, I, I just, I'd love to see it, his the name Andretti is historic within racing. Cadillac is historic within racing. Um, General Motors is historic within racing. There, I, I don't see a bad scenario anywhere here. I understand that the teams can say you're yep, splitting up the pot a little bit unevenly, but at the end of the day, you're going to make so much money in the long run that it really shouldn't matter. If it doesn't work, then for the love of God, somebody buy out Haas so we can go ahead and get that trash-ass yes. team off the grid. And oh, if we shit. can let a real American team that yes. knows what they're doing, yes. that actually has a budget. Yes. Here's my other beef. You're letting in teams barely survive, Ron. Barely yes. survive. Williams had to be bailed out massively by, by, yes. by board Dorian Capital. Is that what they're called? I don't remember, but yeah. It doesn't matter. They barely can survive. Force India Racing Point barely survived until Aston they Martin. They literally Orange went bankrupt. Went they went bankrupt. into redundancy. Or right. Yep. Haas has been – Haas had to go to a freaking oligarch and then kick them out after they went ahead and kept all their yeah. money. Yeah. Bunch yeah. of bitches. Like, <laughs> went ahead and did that. Yeah. FIA is allowing that. But this team that's going to be completely easily funded – by the third biggest auto manufacturer on the planet today. 
and you have yep. a problem with letting them onto the grid. Yep. Bunch of bull. It's a bunch of bull crap. Bunch of bull. That being said, we're back to Red Bull, and I want to ask you a couple of different questions because over the last season, it seems like the t- – I don't know. Maybe it's me, but tell me. Is the Honda-Red Bull relationship deteriorating in front of our eyes? It and sure you- seems like it. It does, right? It it sure seem- seems like it. I, I was uh... – oh, shoot. Let me look it up here. Hold on. Um, hmm. I was listening to a podcast a little while back. Uh, uh, why am I suddenly forgetting what it's called? Uh, WTF one to tune tuned in by HB oh, Academy. Okay. It's, yeah. it's like a cool, uh, kind of DIY motorsports sort of podcast, anyway. Um, and they had a, I think, former Red Bull engine engineer on the pod their pod mm-hmm. for one episode and we're asking some questions and i learned some things that i think are pertinent to your question here about is their relationship deteriorating my understanding if if i got it right which i don't know if i completely got it right, my understanding was uh honda wanted out of f1 it was going to be too expensive they weren't getting a return on investment so they sold their hardware ip so the design of the engine like the physical design right. to red bull but they did not want to set, sell their controls IP. IP to Red Bull, how they run the engine. That is just as important, not even more important, right? How you, the engine controller, how, uh, you know, run the engine or run the hybrid system. Did they not want to do that right? because just in case they change their mind and decide to come back to Formula One? Um, maybe, but I think that there was some genuine, like, Honda Motor Company uh, secret trade secrets there. I don't know that for sure. Okay. Um, mm. But I, 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 if I had to guess, that's what it was about. Okay, because um, I was gonna say if it was a, if it was for the racing, then I would I would actually go on record yeah, and saying that's kind of shady on Honda's part, not necessarily on Red Bull's. Yeah, that and also that's I my don't own think thought. They wanted to sell it to Red Bull and then Red Bull go partner with Mercedes and now Mercedes all of a sudden has all of Honda's controls IP. There, I mean that's I all fair. That there's there's a lot of different ways that this can go. Yeah, You're absolutely exactly. correct. Yep. Carry on. So that deal kind of all got worked out in the middle of 2021, 2022. I don't remember which season. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Red Bull started winning with Honda. Mm-hmm. And Honda's like, oh, whoa, 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 hold on. Now all of a sudden it's going good and things kind of change and they want it back in. So it's kind of hilarious that it's a Red Bull-owned hardware with Honda's controls IP. And Honda now is effectively sponsoring Red Bull to put their name on the engine cover of the car but are not necessarily actually involved super nitty gritty in the engine development anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like they sponsored their own old engine program. <laughs> it's really it's weird. weird. Yes. It's super convoluted, typical F1 stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and essentially Ford is just going to take over that sponsorship in 2026. Right. Only, um, only Formula One down, could go ahead but, and yeah. could make their own lives freaking difficult by doing some stupid ass shenanigans like that. Yeah. Um, that all being said, you know, we're seeing it. Do you think that it could possibly affect Red Bull in 2023? No, I think they'll still be really good. Mm, I do. Sorry, I mean, now, <laughs> I know that's not what okay. you want, but no, 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 no. I don't I want Red Bull to fail. Good. I really don't. I, I don't want Red Bull to fail. I don't want, I want, if Max Verstappen is going to win a third in a row, I want it to be because he was the best driver in the, the best car. The only way maybe it will actually, and maybe why you asked this, is now that Red Bull is so suddenly public with Ford is if you're Honda, how does that not 
piss you off. Piss you off. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. But it's Honda's name on the engine cover. They don't want to run poorly. So sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it will, but maybe it will. By okay. the end of 2025 season, though, I guarantee you it will. I gotcha. Now, I want to, unlike, there were some serious driver changes in NASCAR. There were some serious drivers and changes in IndyCar. There wasn't that many driver changes in Formula no, One this season. However, no. from when we last recorded the F1 review, I think like a week after that, Ron, these team principles changes yes. were insane. Yes. Now we have I've addressed All kinds it a of little bit. fish trading cards going on. Exactly. Yeah. Now I addressed it on Instagram in the sense of stories and whatnot, but we haven't addressed it from the podcast ex- with the ex- no, I haven't addressed it at all. So no. here we are. So um Matias uh, Matias Binotto is no longer the team principal at, at 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 Ferrari, which was a huge move, which I had been saying. And I'm not going to give myself credit for this one, but I had been saying that for a while, I thought Matias was not the right answer and he needed to go. I did feel bad when he left. I did because he was a Ferrari employee for a very long yes. time, like 20, very 30 respected. years. Yeah. Very yeah. highly respected. That's probably and why he got as long of a leash as he got ahead. He probably, probably did. It, 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 you're not wrong. But um, he was replaced by Fred Vasseur. Who was the team principal at Alfa Romeo for Alfa, Alfa Romeo Sauber, um, which is now um, Alfa Romeo, whatever they're called, because Sauber is no longer the title sponsor care. for it. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, Vasseur takes over at Ferrari. Um, the um, team principal at Williams, who I'm forgetting his name right now, uh, left. And the person who went and took over as, um, yeah, Josh Capoto, Capito, excuse me left after two seasons. He didn't get fired. He chose to leave. I thought he was doing okay. I thought he was bettering Williams. But at the same time, when you have Nicholas Latifi driving that car, well, there's not really much you can do when you lost George Russell. So, yeah, you, you know, there's not much you can do. James Vowles, who was the team strategist for, for, for Mercedes for forever and a day, got the call and is now the team principal over at yep. Williams. Yep. Massive. Yep. And then... We move over to Alfa Romeo. Their team representative, their CEO, is um, the person. It's it's Alessandro Aluni Bravi, who's the team principal, acting as their team rep as their team representative. But the CEO is Andreas Seidel. Yes, thank you. Yeah. He yeah. he left his team principal position and took over the CEO. Apparently, he has strong Audi racing ties and so alfa romeo hired him yeah yeah Yeah. alfa romeo hired him for when alpha for when audi comes over and takes over in 2026 and so that's the reason why so that was a huge move and then um i think the chief technical officer over at um mclaren is who took over for the for, for mclaren's team principal position which is andrea stella is now the team principal who is the the only person above him is zach brown so yep. he takes over as the team principal over at McLaren. So we had this like reshuffle, this hard ass reshuffle. Mean, half of, the teams, literally half it, the teams. About five, uh, four or five yes. of them that made yeah. massive moves. Um, and some of them just like straight up horse trick. Yeah. Christian Horner is now the, uh, is, I believe, is still the longest tenured. Um, yes. And then Toto, I think. After and then that. Toto right after that, when it wasn't Toto. Or uh, no, it's Toro Rosso's guy. 
Oh, yes. So these moves, my friend, were massive in themselves. Um, Franz Tots is who the yes, uh, team Francis principal Tots. is at yeah. Alpha Tower. Yeah. Yes. Um, these moves are all massive in and of themselves. Um, I, as, as much as I wanted Ferrari to go ahead and make some changes, I'm a little bit, I'm a little scared for them because yes, I understand Fred Vasseur is, uh, he, he's a very smart guy. He was at Sauber for a very long time. He knows his stuff. He's got a very, very good, very strong relationship with Charles Leclerc, yep. which is apparently the part of the reason why they brought him in, other than the fact that also basically they had been grooming him for the job for the last like 10 years. But I mean, Matias Bonotto, for all his mistakes, did develop a very, very fast ass car last year for Ferrari. Do you see that they do you actually see them as having taken a step forward no, or is this a step? Not back? a chance. Not right? a chance. And I'll tell you why. Um in the past 15 years. Ferrari has had Kimi Raikkonen, who got them one championship. They had Fernando Alonso, who was two-time champion and got them zero championships. Correct. They had Sebastian Vettel, who was four-time champion and got them zero championships. Uh, and then they have had Charles Leclerc, who obviously is not a champion yet, but is for sure one of the fastest drivers on the grid. And is and Carlo, by the way, give good. credit to Carlos Sainz. Yes, you're right. No, you're, you're right. Uh, and they have had, I'm not even going to try and count how many team principals. At what point do you have to finally admit to yourself, it is not the team principals, it is not the drivers, it is Ferrari. It is it is the corporate oversight of the team and not allowing the team principals and the drivers to do what they need to do. Exactly. It, that's why I found it at the beginning. I was like, oh, no, man, the problem is Bonotto. The problem is Bonotto. And after it all went down, Ron, or when I mean, it was it's going down, it was like, it's, he it's made mistakes. Yes. But so did Mauricio. Yes. So, so, did, Mauricio. so did every team principal. Yeah. Toto makes mistakes. Yes. Toto really, the only or... the only kind of weakness that I could find in Bonotto, to me, the only consistent weakness is strategy calls. And he's not the one who makes the strategy calls, but it is on him to hire, fire, manage, whatever his strategy Sure, and it seemed in the past few years Ferrari has every single time I always joke to trip over the shoelaces every single time. Big time they screw up their strategy, but maybe Bonotto didn't have a choice. Maybe it was the powers that be above him that told him this is your strategy. Sure, I kind of wonder if that's the case. No, I mean that's fair. I think in during Mauricio's tenure. And I'll, I'll talk about Madonna in a second. Mauricio was the team principal that mm-hmm. Matias Benotto took over for. Um, I, I think always that felt Ma- like Mauricio never got a fair shake. I don't think he did either. But I will say, I think that the failure of that respective era was on Mauricio and Ferrari, obviously, above him. Mm-hmm. I also feel, and don't hate me for this, saying this, but I'm going to be honest. I also feel that... Seb just didn't in particular yes. in 2015 didn't click the last 2015 26 yeah 2015 2016 that yep. car was no, slow 2017 2018 they were catching up to Mercedes but every single time in the second half of the season Lewis and Mercedes would just pull away yep. right 2019 yep. Kimmy leaves to Alfa Romeo they swap the seat with with Charles Mauricio leaves and then you go ahead and bring in Benotto and it always seemed that, and you said it, you said it right there. 
something never clicked between Seb and, and Ferrari. Something yeah. always clicked between Charles and Ferrari. However, yes. Ferrari just hasn't been able to go ahead and figure out what they need to do in order to beat Red Bull and in, in hell. Yes. They 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 got lucky by beating Mercedes last year because Mercedes was plowing through to go ahead and catch up towards Ferrari. Mm -hmm. We know this. Now, mm -hmm. Abu Dhabi basically kind of just blew up in their faces. Lewis's car broke down. George had a good race, but it didn't allow them to go ahead and beat Ferrari for P for P2. They ended up finishing P3. So Ferrari got lucky on that. But what now with Vasseur, I'm like, I think he's going to be fine. But, you know, you barely gave Bonotto five years. They gave Mauricio five years. Bro, you can't. It takes three to go ahead and actually be competitive. It takes three to become competitive. And I... They have a fast car, but they can't just rely on the fast car. Like, I hope that Vasseur can go ahead and know, can basically use his relationship with Charles to be, to get him to do the best that he can. But I also want him to be careful. I don't want shit to sour over for, for Carlos either. Because yep. Ferrari is that you. one team on the grid that they literally put the team above the driver every time. And I'm wondering, Ronald, and you tell me, is that a bad move on their part? Do should they say it's either Charles or it's Carlos? Uh, and I know it's gonna hurt some feelings, yeah, of course, but yeah, they do, right? They, yeah. If they're gonna put the yeah. cart behind the horse, they just need to go ahead and either say it's yeah. either Charles or it's Carlos, and then yep. stick to that. Because and if I, not, and I hate to say it because because I know you're a big Carlos fan, and I like Carlos oh, it's Charles. Too, I, don't know, I don't know how you could pick Charles. Yeah. No, it's I mean I love Carlos Sainz, but I and I love Charles Leclerc too. I'm a big Carlos Sainz proponent, but I'm smart enough to realize that it is Charles' team. He is the number one driver. Yeah. Um, so I, I I agree with you. I I they I think they need to make that call and take advantage of you having a very fast car because Ferrari probably has the best straight line. Well, they did last year. They had the best straight line performance it's for it's, most it's, of the season. It, it appeared they had the most power. That's correct, until Red Bull just kind of like dominated for the remainder of the season, right? Now, of course, this season hasn't started. We're about a month away from Bahrain. Um, it, uh, unlike IndyCar and unlike NASCAR in particular, Daytona's in a week. Now we know how everything is looking. We haven't seen stuff yet. We're barely seeing the yep. cars being shown off. But that being said, I want to ask you this question, because Mercedes is going ahead and doing really, really well towards the end of the season. Do you see them taking advantage of that momentum into 2023 yes. yeah yes at some point i was assuming you're going to ask predictions and my my prediction security would be that mercedes is is going to return to their speed and glory i don't think they're going to run away with it in fact i don't know if they're going to be the fastest right out of the gate but i think their gap to probably red bull will be smaller and they will develop to Ferrari is going to be big, like very. Yeah. I, I think they're going to obliterate that gap to Ferrari at Bahrain, to be completely honest. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, we saw Red Bull uh, uh, kind of out front last year, and Mercedes did quite a ways behind. And Mercedes slowly passed Ferrari and slowly started to catch Red Bull. And so I think this year, the gap between Red Bull and Mercedes will be slightly bigger at the start than at the end of last season. Right. But it will be smaller than how it started at the start of last season, and Mercedes will continue to catch faster and faster. It seems like Red Bull makes bigger generational leaps year to year with the car, mm -hmm. and then doesn't. They still make huge progress through the year, um, but 
it seems like Mercedes is better at sticking with a consistent theme across an era and polishing and polishing and polishing and polishing and polishing and polishing. And, and so Red Bull comes out of the gate fast and then Mercedes figures out all of their different knobs that they have to the car with. And by the end, they're like freaking perfect. I got you. Um, So I, I I think at this season, we'll see that crossover. Um, what remains to be seen is if it's enough for Mercedes to win the championship or Red Bull will keep it. Um, right. I hope it's, it's close for entertainment's sake. I don't know. But. Yeah. And who knows? We might, we could be very wrong about Ferrari and they, oh, could, go ahead and they could completely get it right. Vasur could absolutely. actually know what he's up to and all of a sudden, the, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think we've joked for this podcast. I dislike all of the teams, but I have to say for once, I wouldn't mind seeing Ferrari do well just because I'm tired of Mercedes and Red Bull doing well. Yeah, I mean, they started off see really well different. last year. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, Ferrari got a 1-2, you know, at, at Bahrain last year, Checo's car completely imploded, Max's car completely imploded, and basically Lewis and and, and George just walked into a 3-4, and it was Charles and Carlos yeah. that went ahead and yeah. got a 1-2 for Ferrari, which is yes. their first 1-2 yep. in forever. Which was crazy. Right? Yeah. Which was, yeah. And everybody loved that, right? Yes. And they did. Um, and it was like those first five or six or seven races of the season that Charles and Max were basically going head to head until Red Bull started to completely pull away. Um, so I, I'm very much looking forward to go ahead and see whether or not Mercedes can close that gap to Red Bull, whether or not that gap that they closed to Ferrari is actually a real gap that they closed. Mm-hmm. I'm also mm-hmm. looking forward to perhaps seeing whether or not, because I think Alpine was relatively underrated last year, and I'm curious to see as to whether or not they can go ahead and take whatever uh, momentum they have, especially with Pierre Gasly yeah. blanking Esteban yeah. Ocon. That should yeah. be a lot of fun. I think that the 2023 season – I think there's a lot of spiciness going on, and I'm 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 hyped oh, yeah. for it, big time, oh, yeah. big yeah. time hype for it. So I'll ask you um, if you can hit me with the constructors and the drivers. So constructors, Mercedes. Wow. Uh, I think I'll still go with Max, though. I'm, You're gonna, I'm really, he, he goes for three in a row. Really, I'm I am very tempted to say Russell. Hmm. Um. I'm also tempted to say Lewis. Um, I think it's for sure going to be between those three. But I think Mercedes will end up, like I said, they'll polish, they'll get the better car. But because Russell and Lewis are so good, uh, they're going to split some of the points. It's just the reality of it. It'll be interesting to see there's some rivalry there. And thus Max will take the drivers because – just the reality is he's the number one over Checo, and so he'll be the one who's cleaning up all the points. Do you, does that make um, sense? It does. It very much does. Um, because I actually, if I'm not mistaken, I kind of made a similar pick to last year, but the other way around. I thought that uh, yeah. Ferrari mm-hmm. was the constructors, and but Lewis would get like two in the in the in the drivers mm-hmm. championship with Max winning it, um, which I was obviously right about um, in regards to Max winning the whole thing. Yep. But for me, Ronald, I think that I. Here's the thing. Whatever team dynamic exists at Red Bull, it is a, clearly it is not as strong as it was last at the beginning of last season. It's it's not. Obviously, Brazil broke that. I don't know whether or not they've been able to mend any fences between Checo and Max. I hope they have for their team dynamic. But Daniel Ricardo was there for a reason. He really, I understand he's there for marketing and stuff like that, but boy, howdy, do I believe yep. that Christian Horner's ready to go ahead and plus 
the eject button on Checo Perez if absolutely yep. needed. And that yep. pains oh, me. Yeah. Pains me. I love Daniel Ricardo. You mm-hmm. know how much I love Daniel Ricardo. And I, I love Checo. I, I feel like not only is Christian ready or like totally willing to do that, I should say, I think he wants to. I don't think he um, wants. I, I, I actually, I'll give for credit Checo's to Warner. Behalf. I'm yeah. a huge, I'm a huge Ricardo fan. And obviously I'd love to see Ricardo back, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I I think we will see. I think that Horner is a, in a really tough spot. I, I really do. I think that he wants to make that thing work. I don't, the way that it, it just blew up, and it, he he could do nothing about it, unfortunately. Yep. I, I think he made the right call in picking up Ricardo as the third driver I, when he was I somehow do, on the too. market. Uh, mm-hmm. How could he not? But I agree. He got lucky he's, on it, for sure. Now he's in a tough spot. So we'll He see. is. So that all being said, I think I, – I, I actually think that the team – that you talked about a rivalry, you know, perhaps brewing between George and Lewis. I don't see it quite yet. And I do. And the reason why is I genuinely believe that George has the utmost respect for Lewis and he wants to go ahead and uh-huh. see him succeed and get that, that number eight. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I think, I, don't, I mean, I'm sure George wants to win. Lewis. Of course. Yeah. If he, yeah. he I, I mean, George beat him last year, fair and square. He did same machinery. He beat him straight up. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I, I guess to your point, I, George would rather win than Lewis, obviously. But I think to your point, if they end up in a situation where the reality is George isn't going to win, then yeah, I think he has no problem with team player to help you. Right. And and, and, if and mm-hmm. uh, I hate to say this, you might not like it. I don't know how true the opposite is. If they end up in a situation where George is going to be the potential champion, I don't know how much Lewis is going to be as willing to help. Um, I think you're giving Lewis a little bit too little credit. I, I don't that's, think Lewis that's understandable. will I understand. be sabotaging or backstabbing by any stretch. Uh, uh, this is not going to be a Nico Lewis thing, if that's what you're getting at. It's not. I I'm not know. even close. Uh, I, don't I don't think see it. Will, it. I do not think it'll go that far. But if it ends up in a well, Toto's not going to let it happen. Is I'll gonna, tell you yeah, that. True. Yeah. If I, I, if he ends up in a decision where George is going to be potentially number one, and they need mm-hmm. some help from Lewis, I, Lewis isn't going to go out of his way to make it difficult like Max did last year, which was an asshole thing uh, to help Checo get up too. But um, I I don't know that Lewis will really proactively help. Sure, I understand that. I, I think, will tell I you think that... George would if George was obviously out. But yes. I don't know. Maybe not. No, that's very true. That's all very true. And but there's reasons for that. Obviously Lewis Lewis is Mercedes. Um yep. like yep. he he he's he's a seven time champion. Like yeah, he he is Mercedes. I will tell you this and we'll end it and and we we got a little teaser for you guys by the way coming in just a second. Um but that all being said, I will tell you that I think I'm going Lewis. I I do want him yeah. see, I do want to see him break the record. He is my favorite driver. He's to me the greatest of all time. Um behind Schumacher, but he's the greatest of this era and I would like for him to see him get I would love to see him get number 8. Um and unlike last year, I think Mercedes is prepped to go ahead and give Lewis everything he needs from the get-go because they saw once they figured they sorted out the car, they saw how he drove the second half of the season. That even though George was beating him on points, it was George and Lewis had neck and neck just doing work and piling on the points for Mercedes. So I think if Mercedes can go ahead and figure out to give George as strong a car. At the beginning of the season, I think that we can go ahead and see Lewis taking it to Max, taking it to the Ferraris, and dragging George with him. And I and uh, I'm gonna go with uh, George. Uh, excuse me, Lewis winning the world title, and um, 
But I think uh, no, I'm going to go with Mercedes winning the constructors too. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my pick. Yeah. Right. So um, it's been a great conversation, Ron. I know that uh, we got really hyped on a lot of things. We talked NASCAR. We talked Indy. We talked F1. I'm ready. It's February, baby. I am excited. Screw the Super Bowl. I'm I don't excited. need it. I mean, they're already causing traffic here in Bird City. It's trash. Whatever. Y'all can leave. Screw the Eagles. The Chiefs, I used to like you when I used to watch football. So I'm going to go ahead and give you all the love. Patrick Mahomes is my homie. That being said, it's all about motorsport, baby. Give me NASCAR. Give me IndyCar. Give me Formula One, Bahrain. I'm hyped. I'm ready. Lewis is the man. Chevy is awesome. Anything you want to <laughs> Oh, my Lord. I'm All excited right. too, Jorge. All right. Awesome. <laughs> um, that being said, before we sign off, we want to go ahead and leave you guys with a very fun little spot. So as, as listeners of the podcast may know, um, you know, I work for a manufacturer and Tormenting Termac is quickly expanding. Uh, and Jorge started getting to the point where he's doing car reviews and, and things that involve some manufacturer stuff. Uh, and that makes a conflict of interest for me. So I happily stepped aside to let Jorge, you know, expand TT and, and do that kind of stuff. But what we've kind of thought about, at least for now, um, something that I can do to help get involved is and help out is is something that is not directly uh, manufacturer related, something that's very divorced from that, right? So there's obviously no conflict of interest here. Um, so he and I have schemed up a new series coming to Tormenting Tarmac um, that that we're going to do very roughly every monthly, uh, every month as we have time. Uh, and we've got a little teaser here for you. Tormenting Tarmac presents Engineering Enigmas! where Ron and Jorge explore the anomalies, asterisks, and anecdotes of racing's most ridiculous adventures. Hey, Ronnie, have you ever heard of the Delta Wing? You mean the Delta Wang? No, the Delta Wing. Yeah, yeah, the most phallic race car of all time. Which reminds me, have I ever told you about that time Sterling Marlin won the Daytona 500 with a boom tube? Ron, a boom tube? Yeah! Hey, speaking of boom tubes, dude, I gotta tell you about the Chaparral Sucker Car. The, su the Sucker what? Yeah! Let's talk about Saline S7SR! Alright, I guess we'll find out about it on Engineering Enigmas. Engineering Enigmas! Alrighty, guys, I really hope that you guys enjoyed that little oh, teaser. Good Lord. That, was, that may have been the cheesiest. I'm not oh sure. Uh, we're podcasters, bro. We <laughs> go ahead and edit stuff. We make stuff sound of quality. Don't let uh, me regret yeah, this. Baby. Oh, never. Never. But that all being said, it's been a ton of fun being able to go ahead and talk about NASCAR, Indy, the Formula One season. All three seasons are going to absolutely rule. And it's, uh, you know, with, with this potential new uh, series that we're doing within Tormenting Tarmac, it allows us to continue to elevate our appreciation for everything that is car culture, racing culture, all of it. Like, this is what we do. I, you know, we, we talk racing, we talk history. I talk to photographers all over Phoenix and sometimes in Michigan, shout out to Ian. We got to make it happen after your baby is born, brother. But we, 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 this is what we do. This is what we do. And we want to continue to expand it. I know that I've talked to people that they, that you guys enjoy the banter and the dynamic between my Ron and myself. Well, that's just 16 years worth of friendship, baby. 
So um, it's it, it gives me the ability to go ahead and have my best friend back on the pod uh, for a longer period of time and us have fun and continuously move on and progress tormenting tarmac. So I hope you guys lo- like that little series, but Ronnie, Hell before yeah. we sign off, uh, anything else you want to go ahead and say, bro? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the racing season. It's going to be excited for those F1 fans uh, listening. I encourage you to watch NASCAR and IndyCar. I think you'll actually be surprised if you really give it a shot for those NASCAR and or IndyCar fans. I encourage you to watch F1. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it if you actually give it a shot. For those who haven't watched motorsports at all, I also encourage you to give it a shot. I think uh, you might like it. Agreed. A hundred percent. Please go check out Ron's Instagram page at hounds.and.horsepower. The C4 is there. Um, The C3 is there. Ron was just uh, racing at Road Atlanta this past weekend. Unfortunately, the uh, Mini Cooper did not have its best performance of the last couple of years. But you guys still took a win in class, technically. Yeah. <laughs> we forgot to talk about that. Yeah, on a technicality, because we're the only car in F class. It's a, it's a long story. That's yeah. great. Well, you know so what? It, it, it we got last and first in race. It's it's, yeah. <laughs> it's racing, man. That's what happened. Yep. So it, it, yep. it it's all good. But uh, thankfully, nobody got hurt. It was just a mechanical no. failure yep. that happened with the car. All them blew up on lap one. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, that it's that's a British car. What are you gonna do, brother? I'm I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's um, well. So here, I know it's a long episode. We got to wrap this up. But that Mini Cooper is a British car in theory, being Mini, but it is German design. It's BMW. Yes, it's BMW. But the engine is either Peugeot or Renault, one of the French manufacturers. Well, that so that explains a lot more. Ronald. It's very. It's a freaking Frankenstein. And so right. no wonder it was not reliable. This particular case, although that car has been shocking. It's been fantastic for the last anyway, two seasons yeah, for you. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you want to go ahead and check it out, um, Ron's um, uh, champ car season is basically up and running again. So he's going to be going to a lot more places and he's going to be sharing a lot more of it on his respective Instagram account. And he's, you better be tagging me, man. Cause I can't, I, I can't just be. screenshot your stuff. Sometimes man. I forget, but yeah, I've tried to remember. I know. I got to so do a better I, job of it. I know. And uh, I'm going to do as better, as good a job as I possibly can by trying to go ahead and add my own anecdotes to everything that you um, yeah. talk about yeah. and whatnot. And so uh, well, I definitely plan on covering that. And then uh, we also, uh, we're up to a lot of other fun stuff here in the Phoenix area. Going to be having a lot more guests. Um, going to be uh, talking vintage cars. We're going to be talking some. Uh, we're going to be focusing on some German cars um, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, we've got a couple more photographers on their way. Uh, KRC's on our way. Brendan Lodge's on his way. Um, the, the list goes on and on. So we're trying to go ahead and expand it throughout the Phoenix area. That's what we're here for. To, 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 Tormenting Tarmac is here to represent Phoenix. It's here to represent Detroit and the greater Michigan area as best as we can. And uh, that's that's always been the MO. It's always been the MO since day one, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So um, please go check out Tormenting Tarmac on Instagram. You can find it at Tormenting Tarmac. We're on our way to 600 followers. Please help nice. me get there. I'm at 525. I'm hyped. Okay? Keep liking. Please allow my reels to pop off, people. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I work semi-hard at them. I really do. That all being said, um, you can also find Tormenting Tarmac on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or the anchor app all of there please leave us a five-star rating it would really greatly appreciate it it would allow us to go ahead and get out to more people new people that might want to be listening to pot to the podcast itself um and if you want to go ahead and tell us that we're actually doing a good job 
I love hearing that. If we're doing a bad job, it's going to hurt my feelings, but I need to know so I can better this podcast as best as I can. Bingo. So um, that all being said, thank you so much for listening. Ronald Morris, say goodbye to the people. See ya. Jorge Aquino, this has been Tormenting Tarmac. It's a podcast where the enthusiast never dies. Have a great night, everybody. Bye.